How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Yell in a Cell Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Zachary Weinberger, here with JP Acosta. JP, first of all, how's it going? It's going great, man. I'm excited to be back. Got another great week of wrestling ahead of us. Can't wait to talk about it. And like JP said, we're doing the week in wrestling review that we do every in each and every week. This time, though, when we talk about Monday Night Raw, which is usually the first uh, show we talk about, whether that's good or bad, you make the decision. We'll be previewing tonight's Raw as well. So there's a couple of stuff that we, we, we get to look forward to or, or not. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so we'll talk about those. Um, also, for all the college students out there, I think maybe we can also relate. Semester's over. Okay. More free time. More episodes we can record. I know we've been teasing this past couple of weeks. WWE, AEW stuff. Um, I want to do that. Other tier lists, you know, stuff like that. So, that, you know, we have a lot of stuff on the horizon. We might you know, get like impact that. involved on that. Ooh. Considering, Maybe we, that, considering that Kenny Omega is the impact and AEW champion. You know what? And, but, you know, before we talk about the weekend wrestling, we can talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, uh, just kind of, you know, once again, just follow us on Twitter at yell underscore sell. Uh, we give our thoughts on all the big news on, on when the podcasts are being posted, the schedule, stuff like that. So just keep a look out there. We'll plug our stuff at the end. Um, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about Kenny Omega. He beat Rich Swan, Impact Rebellion, to be the new Impact, uh, well, I guess, undisputed Impact champion, TNA champion. He has all the belts now. He has the AAA, the AEW. Now he got the Impact titles. Uh, JP, just just uh, original thoughts. I mean, if you watched the match, what would you think? If you did, just let me know. I mean, is this good? For the for AEW for impact is it bad what? Um, I think it's good for Kenny Omega. Yeah, you know he continues to be the belt collector. It cements his legacy as one of the greatest wrestlers of the 21st century. Not the greatest, but one of the greatest. Um, I just don't see how this helps Impact at all. I really don't, because in this partnership we've seen Kenny Omega appear on Impact. We've seen. But outside of Kenny Omega, who from AEW's appeared on Impact and wrestled? Matt Hardy and Private Party. Right. For AEW, for AEW, the only two Impact wrestlers that appeared on Dynamite were the Good Brothers. Like, if you want to build up a rivalry, it wouldn't help, it wouldn't hurt to have Rich Swan be on AEW television. Plus, he was the Impact champion at that time. It helped get names on your brand. So I just don't see a world where this helps impact at all. I don't know how I don't know if this helps AEW, because I don't think they needed it. But I will say whoever ends up beating Kenny for that title is it's gonna be a huge deal. Um the triple A title, uh Andrade is supposed to be facing Kenny Omega for the triple A mega title, which I mean, what else do you need to say? It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't see how this helps impact. Yeah. I, I, the thing with me when it comes to that is that we knew it was coming. I mean, we knew that I mean, we knew that Rich Swan was not going to win the AEW title. That wasn't that was never going to happen. Um, but we saw that I mean, I know you you I think you predicted saying to us that maybe it'll just be they'll find a way for no one to win and they'll just retain their tires, whatever. But I know with the whole title collector thing they've been teasing forever now, it's like I guess they're that he has to win it and, and he did. Um the only way it helps impact is because of the ratings. I know that this past pay-per-view was actually one of the biggest pay-per-views bought for impact in a long time. Um 
So it helps that part. However, Impact continues to look like the the like the little brother or the one that gets always shit on. To be honest, in this sort of partnership, you know, again, you made Impact look bad because the aid, you know, AEW World Champion is now the Impact World Champion, and also they really never promoted this match on AEW television. Only a, a mere mention from maybe Tony Giovanni or Excalibur on commentary. They ne- Kenny Omega never went on the mic, I don't think. It, it, maybe the week before and said, like, yeah, I'm going to be in this big match to to be the Impact champion. There is no mention of it whatsoever. Um, and again, like you said, it's like AEW has been on Impact. But, I mean, for this big title match, Rich Swan couldn't even appear maybe on, on you know, on, on AEW Dynamite. We see these ads every single week on Thursday for Impact. You know, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, you know, advertising um, advertising AEW. I don't see Scott D'Amore on, on AEW promoting Impact on Thursdays. You don't. So I see people like Dave Meltzer saying, what, the ratings, you know, the 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 show got a lot of got a lot of pays, but like again, it's just impact looks terrible. Yeah, and, and and I and I hate to make this comparison real quick, but it's true. And I know people, I, I hate you know sometimes it annoys me when people kind of like compare. Like, what if WWE was in the scenario? However, if WWE was in the scenario, you know they get shit on. They would do the exact same thing that AEW does. Absolutely. Uh, but like I said, they could have had like. Before when they first announced the AEW kind of impact kind of crossover thing, we were kind of hoping like you know you get some cross promotional women's matches that'd be really dope. They both have really good women's divisions. Um, you would see more wrestlers from Impact being on AEW television. Ethan Page doesn't count, right? Um, but this just felt like Kenny Omega. It's it was a win for Kenny Omega. That's I'll say I'll say that much. It was this this whole cross promo thing was good for Kenny Omega. Everybody else, not really. It, I mean, it really does seem that AEW is just doing more promotion on the Impact side than Impact is doing on the AEW side. So th- there's a clear winner, you know. I mean, that, that's this is exactly the reason why you know again just AEW WWE episode that we're going to do in the future um it's one of the reasons why i just can't see it happening between those two companies i just feel like the egos are very massive on each side to the point where like someone usually when it comes to a cross promotion sort of thing usually someone has to come out the winner in some ways and i I don't know which one there but listen you have you have two champions on the impact side i mean technically three that are from a different promotion you got juice robinson tag team champs and then you have kenny omega now uh, who's signed to AEW, the, the world champ there so i don't know it's like this really doesn't i don't know what makes me want to watch thursday really uh on impact i guess i want to see what kenny omega's up to but like i don't know it just, impact looks weak it it looks weak because we don't know of any other wrestlers on P- impact you have to go and watch impact you know about Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega is on Impact and AEW. You don't see that cross promo from Impact. Like, I would have loved to have Rich Swan on AEW television promoting his match with Kenny. You'd love to have, um, I guess, Private Party hyping up their matches on Impact. I mean, Motor City Machine Guns, 
uh, Alex Shelley's still healthy. It'd be cool to have him come to AEW. But this, like I said, I feel like this was all for Kenny Omega to be the belt collector. Yeah. And it doesn't really benefit AEW or impact drastically. I, I completely agree. And, and like you said, I mean, whoever takes the title off of Kenny is going to get a, is gonna be a massive, it's going to be a massive big deal. And I have no idea who's going to be that guy. Um, but I, I, I guess we'll see. But that's that's what we think about Kenny Omega being the new Impact World Champion. Uh, we'll see how this progresses, especially, I mean, this Wednesday is going to be the first Dynamite we see where I guess he is the champion, I think. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But also this Wednesday is Blood and Guts, which we'll talk about in a little bit, which I'm excited for. But however, we, have, we do have to talk about Monday Night Raw here. And what we're going to do is that, you know, obviously if a match, you know, we don't need to go as super in deep into the match. However, we do like the match. We can. Points and I was watching Monday Night Raw. My, like, yeah, you know, we're gonna go. So build a few for what we're gonna expect a little later. Uh, which, by the way, I mean, we were at a Miami Heat game on Monday. Shout out to John DeStefano, you know, uh, for those tickets. Um, even though I mean, what we saw was it was he the Heat lose to the Chicago Bulls, so I don't know what was worse, but um, that's why I'm rocking the Marlins. Raw, yeah, 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 it's draw. Um, so what happens is Braun Strowman gets out of there, gets out, and it becomes uh, a handicap match at first. Uh, but obviously, T Bar and Mace, they over there comes a point where they're both starting to beat him up, and Drew McIntyre comes out, becomes an original tag match, and then. Obviously, the thing happens, can they coexist? We've been asking the same question since the past year with different superstars. Uh, they can't because at the end, it, uh, accidentally, McIntyre took Strowman down with a clothesline, and, and then uh, Mason T-Bar won, won by countout. So Mason T-Bar won twice against the team of Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. Um, I mean, whatever, man. You know, what, what JP, what do you think? Okay. It feels like rinse and repeat. We just had a can they coexisting, like literally leading up to WrestleMania. And now we're doing the can they coexisting again, which I know is a heavily used wrestling trope. And I'm not like saying like, you should never use it ever again, but we just used this like a couple weeks ago. And the match was fine, but okay. You got to give me a reason to care. Well, at the end, they kind of do. So eh, we'll talk about it, though, because uh, obviously the, the scheduled match of WrestleMania Backlash is Drew McIntyre taking on Bobby Lashley for the championship. Again, um, the match just changed, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So we move on. Trios match, New Day and Damian Priest taking on Miz, Jackson Riker, and Elias. We get Miz Morrison, those Elijah Riker, they're doing the song. They're doing an acoustic version of Hey, Hey, Hop, Hop. And um, we get Damian Priest coming out, you know, and he says, you know, I'm bringing some of my friends out here. It's a new day. And it comes to a point where they're throwing tomatoes at the performers in the ring. That was kind of a funny segment. I, I can't lie. Um, and they have a match. They have a match. Matches, you know, it's fun. 
whatever, you know, it's just a standard sort of trios match. And obviously with this, um, the, the faces come out on top. JP thoughts on this. I mean, do, do you think that this is over? Do you think this is kind of like the finale more sort of match? Or do you think that these, it's going to be continued on Miz, Damian Priest, that sort of stuff? It's not the finale, but it should be. I'm tired of seeing Damian Priest in the Miz. And it's been like three weeks, and I'm already tired of seeing uh, Elias and Jackson Riker versus New Day. But in the terms of Elias and Riker against the New Day, you don't have that many tag teams that you can use. So, like, I guess you can go ahead, but I'm tired of seeing Miz and Damian Priest. I, they need to move on. They just had a match at WrestleMania, and Damian Priest won. I don't know why we're still going around in this circle. Yeah, I just I just don't think they know what to do with these guys. I mean, you're just it seems more so that they they don't have a plan of what they're where this is going more so they just want to give these guys some work. I don't know, man. You know, I, maybe this is setting up for something. I don't know, but I mean, the match was fine. I it did almost feel like a finale sort of match. Like, okay, you're getting the the three on three guys that have been in a few. You're mixing them up. This could possibly be the end. We'll see. We'll see tonight. Uh, there, there hasn't been any news what's so far on, on if any of these guys will be in action tonight. We'll see. It could be a um, good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I, it's it's always that with Raw, and you know, obviously, we'll like we always do every week. We'll compare Raw to the other WWE shows, and we'll see how they stack up against. Um, afterwards, you know, Charlotte Flair got suspended last week, uh, beating up a, a referee. Uh, but however, we see Sonya Deville. This is the first time I feel like we've seen Sonya Deville on Raw. I could be wrong about that. I just feel like we really we more see her on SmackDown than we do on Raw. Uh, she's there. She actually lets Charlotte Flair in to the to the back door there, and obviously she they go to the ring. Uh, the referee is there. Um, Sonya Deville explains kind of what happened with Charlotte and, and the referee. They apologize to one another. However, Charlotte gets a little bit annoyed with the referee saying, you, you know. He wants him to her, you know, him to say that it was his fault that he counter wrong whatever he did. She says, "Good boy," and I bet you at that at that point he, that referee was flustered for no doubt. Um, and that's what happens. And then we get we get back backstage, and Adam Pierce he doesn't he didn't know about this. Um, Sonya Deville is like, "I would I was looking for you. I was looking for you." And he's just like, "Whatever. I know that's a lie," and he leaves. So we're seeing this constant divide between Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce. Um, do you have a, do you have a prediction JP of where this might lead to or between these two? What do you think? I honestly like this. This might be the most interesting thing going on on raw because it's kind of like Sonya Deville overstepping her boundaries, which is, it's really interesting to see considering, you know, she was brought in as kind of like an assistant to Adam Pierce and now she's doing Adam Pierce's job. What I think this leads to is a, finite brand split like you have the general manager of one brand general manager of the other i think adam pierce will be the general manager of smackdown and sonya deville will be overall now i think that might change within the next few weeks i'm not sure but i just think the dynamic between roman reigns and adam pierce is so good that you really can't you can't go wrong with that and putting him over the 
kind of having the as a GM kind of looming beside or around Roman Reigns, trying to make sure like, hey, you can't do that, can't do this. I think it's a good dynamic to have. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I definitely think we're gonna see sort of a uh, one person take over one show and the other one taking over the other show. And I I, I think it will be Pierce on SmackDown. I just feel like he works off of Reigns better than maybe Sony Deville will. Um, I could see I could see her maybe working Raw. Also, maybe Mandy Rose is on Raw, so maybe they'll reignite that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. She says that Charlotte Flair will be in action tonight, so we'll talk about that match a little later. We get another uh, uh, Sheamus coming out here, talking about what happened with Umberto Carrillo the last week. He beat the ever-loving crap out of him. Uh, this time around, he's like, okay, who else is going to challenge me? Here comes Umberto Carrillo again. Um, and he actually puts up a fight this time. Um, so he it comes up with Korea, hit three drop kicks and a huge suicide dive. And that's how the segment ends. There's no match. It's just, you know, him beating him up, I guess, you know, and I, it, I, I'm guessing tonight we'll see those two possibly in the title match. I don't know. Uh, I mean, minor thoughts on this JP. Do you, I mean, I, I doubt Korea is going to win the title, right? I think this is going to lead to nothing. I don't think he wins the title, but I think we do see this title match backlash, which I mean, good. It'll be a chance to get see Humberto Carrillo, who we haven't seen in months, like literally months. So I think it's a good chance for him to show Case's talents, how talented he is, and ultimately, like, put somebody else on Raw. Like, put somebody else on TV, because they really need somebody else on TV. I don't think he wins, but it should be fun, I guess, because Sheamus doesn't miss. Yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, I again, I if it's on backlash, I, I'd honestly be very surprised if Humberto Carrillo gets a gets a match, a title match at backlash. That'd be kind of random. I feel. I mean, there's not. I guess the buildup has been like he's answered the open challenge. I guess twice, and it's never been a match. Um, we'll see. You know, well, again, if, I feel like that shame is good. What if tonight Carrillo wins via like schoolboy or like a roll up? That way. He can say he pinned the champion in a non-title match. He should get a title match. Yeah, no, nah, I can see it happening. You know, um, again, I just obviously I don't think Carrillo wins this uh, the title match at all. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I feel like if it, if anything is going to lead to uh, hopefully Keith Lee kind of coming back and maybe they'll have a match wherever that might be, maybe SummerSlam. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we move on, and you were talking about how possibly the. Um, the Sonny Deville out of Pierce stuff might be the most entertaining thing on Raw. I think for me, it's something else. And we're going to get to it. <laughs> I legitimately love this. I was watching this. Yeah, I was watching this yesterday. I, you know, caught up on Raw. And I love this. So Matt Riddle has a, um, has a, has a backstage interview. And um, he was talking about how he beat Randy Orton last week, which was great. Um, and then Randy Orton actually steps in and says, you know, he, he admitted he underestimated him. And he said that RK Bro is kind of catchy. Is what he said. Um, and he said, "Okay, but so this is what I said. I, you know, and obviously Matt Riddle was talking. He was like, that's so cool, bro.' And Randy was like, "Hold on, let me just finish, please." And then he was saying, "You know, I I set up a tag match, you know, and if you want to accept it, we could." Um, and Riddle was very excited. Um, and then, so they had a match against Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, which it seems like those guys are just being fed to lose at this point, right? But whatever. Um, and they have a match. I mean, it's a good match. 
Um, it ends up, I mean, Riddle was, was getting controlled on most of this match. Um, but then the two started to work together and stuff like that. It ended up where uh, Arkea was setting up uh, Alexander, uh, this could be Benjamin for that for that vintage, you know, apron DDT that ropes on the mid ropes. And Riddle's like, come on, tag me in, tag me in. And then Orton, he did it. He did the DDT, which led to the uh, the floating bro for the win. And Riddle was excited. Orton was kind of, was just kind of distant a little bit. And he was, you know, got his hands raised. I think Riddle tried to go for a hug at one point. And, you know, Orton didn't want to do that. Uh, they went outside. Orton was leaving. Riddle continued to celebrate. And you see Orton smiling, walking into the ramp. I, JP, I love this. <laughs> I actually love this. I love this team. I love where this is going. Now, JP, do you feel the same way I do? I like this dynamic, man. I like, like I said a few episodes ago, the Matt Riddle thing works really well when it's contrasted with this hard-edged guy like Randy Orton. I mean, the New Day stuff works because it's the New Day. They can make that work, but. Randy Orton being so serious and stoic combined with Matt Riddle's just general aloofness and humor, I think it works so well. I don't think they turned this into a regular tag team because I think Raw like needs them in the singles division. But it is going to be interesting to see where this goes because I don't think this RK bro thing lasts for long, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy every step of it. Okay, bro. I listen, man. I just I was watching Raw, you know. And again, the episode I was not feeling the episode up until then, um, and I really enjoyed that match they had last week. That was actually a pretty good TV match they had. Obviously, Riddle putting him over. I just like the dynamics of like again, you have the veteran guy who's been in the company for a long time. You get the young kind of talent coming in there, uh, and they're kind of working off each other. I, this is what I this is what I will say when it comes to the tag team dynamic and if that'll last i definitely don't think it'll last however i don't see why this can't be a a a formidable tag team in the division you really think about the tag team division going on right now uh which one of the matches by the way is Adrian styles and omos defending their titles against the new day tonight which Adrian styles and omos have not been in this episode they have not been in the past couple episodes since wrestlemania since they won it you know besides those two teams who really is there i mean you do have the viking raiders who just came back i mean cedric alexander sheldon benjamin the new day, but like, like and Elias, Miz and Morrison. Again, it's it's not ex- that exciting, except for a couple of the teams in there. Orton Riddle, man. I, 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 to me, I get, I, I think it's great. I, I think the dynamic is great. I just don't think they fast track this. I feel like you can have this going on. I wouldn't say for like this is gonna be a long term booking, right? I don't think it's gonna be like that, but I just kind of you know let's feel this out. I, I. I I think that, you know, they've had Raw has had trouble maybe having some good things and ruining it completely. Let's keep this going. I really enjoy this. I I don't know, man. I I want it to be a tag team, but Raw desperately needs single stars. Because outside of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, are we making Braun Strowman a credible threat to the, I mean, the, the he, world he, title? He, he should be right, but I feel like that's just WWE's fault. Even though I mean I'm not a huge Strowman fan in, in, in general, but yeah. I see what you're saying. I just feel like they need they need them in a singles route. Like this can be cool, but they can't completely make them a tag team. And I know the tag team division needs help, which is why it's such a bind, man. <laughs> like Ron needs help everywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say something I haven't said in a long time when it comes to Monday Night Raw, but I'm gonna trust creative with this one and see where this leads to. Um, because I'll be honest, this is currently my favorite thing on Raw. I, I legitimately love this stuff. However, coming to the stuff that I mean, um, hey, whatever. Is it Trio's match? Asuka, Lana, Naomi taking on Nia Jackson and Baser Rhea Ripley. Um, before this, we got flowers delivered to Nia Jax, and she thought it was from Reginald, but it wasn't from Reginald. It was from Angel Garza, and he he just he like says some swooning stuff to her, and and he kisses her hand, whatever, and she she's with it, whatever. And then she actually like takes the flowers and like chucks it at Mandy Rose's like face uh, with Dana Brooke. Um, okay, but well before that, I'll I'll, I'll also um, Chan Baszler was kind of like you you can see maybe they're kind of planting the seeds of them kind of breaking up, which thank God. Um, so they have a trios match. The champions end up winning this, um, and we kind of saw you know again Rhea Ripley is with heels. I I, I mean correct me if I'm wrong. Excuse me, correct me if I'm wrong here, JP. I mean. Rhea Ripley is a face. She is a good I think guy. She's a heel. Because Oscar's the face. Oscar was the face. Because Rhea Ripley did throw a table at her face. I feel yeah, like that's a you know, heel thing to do. But I, I again, I, I feel like when, when you watch Raw and she comes out, you don't hear boos from the piped in crowd, right? I mean, you do hear cheers. Also, I feel like, I mean, she was rooting for Asuka against Charlotte Flair. So maybe she's kind of teetering, um, but she's with the heels now. And she doesn't really work well with them, which is kind of why I was just like, okay, she a heel, she's going to work well with them. However, at the end, when they do end up winning, which the champions do at the end there, uh, we do see them all raising up the titles, you know, in unison, whatever. And, and she, I know Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, they kind of laugh at each other. Um, obviously, NXT days, right? So. That's it. I mean, JP, if you saw the match, what'd you think? I mean, good or not? It was a match, man. I... <laughs> it was a match. I, I don't know. They had Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke throw water at Shayna Baszler. Denia <laughs> yeah. Jax ran over and slipped on the water. Because, I, I you know, be Mandy Rose slipped at WrestleMania and now they're burying the joke into the dirt. So... I, I don't know, man. It, it was a match. Again, I feel like there's too many cooks, especially in the women's division. The, the, the women's tag division is terrible. You know, and I, again, I, you could say it's because of the lack of teams, but they just don't do good with them. And again, like you're talking every single match that Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler are in, Dana Brooke and, and, and Mandy Rose come out. They say their little jokes. And then they do some sort of slipping thing. He they threw water at Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax slept on the ground. I'll tell you what, I laughed. No, don't get me wrong, I laughed. No, no question. However, I mean, I, it's not it's not good in my opinion. Um, and it's it's kind of a shame. Again, we, we don't expect much. And I hate to do this, and it's not be, again, it's not because of the, of the gender, right? It's because when when we have a women's tag match on Raw, I sigh. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. Probably again, no fault of the competitors. It's 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 uh, it's it's greater there. Um. I- Again, and I feel like this is a thing with WWE in general. They take a funny thing and just like, yeah, we're going to do it 187 more times that night and for the rest of the calendar year. Like, Manny Rose slipping was a fun one-off. But we don't need to be reminded of it every week. That's why we have Twitter. 
You don't have to remind us. We see videos of it. Yeah. And the water thing, I, it felt like I was watching Tom and Jerry. Like, I'm just like, yeah. all right, man. This, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I agree. It, it, it just doesn't good. Um, but hey, I, I, Manny Rose kind of suffered some sort of consequence. We actually see Sonia Deville come up to the team. I mean, some history between Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Obviously, I mean, Sonia Deville was the reason why she was uh, not an actual. I mean, obviously in the story, right? Um, because obviously Sonia Deville had to leave because of the the whole home invasion thing, whatever um, that happened a couple months ago. Um, so she they actually talk and again they kind of mention the history there, and she says, you know what, you'll be a good person to face Charlotte tonight. So it's Charlotte Flair versus Mandy Rose, a whole Fox News special, two blonde women in the ring. So they <laughs> they have a they they have a match that's that's literally word for word what i said when i saw that match happen um so they have a match again it's a match uh it, it, again you know charlotte flair wins via natural selection during the match we did see uh the same referee who was they had a, that she had a trouble with they had some kind of fights going on there so but charlotte comes up with the win uh and yeah she gets a win um and, and that's kind of it again i mean it wasn't terrible you know, if, I guess this is one of the better matches of the night. I feel, but again, it's like how how is how high is that is saying that? You know, JP, if you saw the match, what'd you think? Uh, it was fine. I think this match would have been better with some more time, and I feel like it's kind of indicative of the women's division that you don't give them time. Not indicative of the women's division, but indicative of how they see the women's division. Like the match could have been better with some with more time, and that's just this whole thing with the women's division. If you devote more time to it, if you actually like care about the women's division, then maybe it could actually be good. But like this match went four minutes and twenty seconds. Nice. That was the shortest match of the night. If we're not if we're not counting the whole Braun Strowman and Mason T Bar segment because that turned into a tag segment. It was the shortest match of the night. The next shortest was RK Bro. I I don't know, man. Like they just needed to vote more time because they can actually wrestle. Like there was this video going viral today of like Liv Morgan practicing her wrestling in a ring and she was bawling. Like, it was great. And everybody's like, yeah, she's awesome if you just give her time to wrestle. And that's the thing. They need to give them time to wrestle, which is why I thought Stephanie McMahon sharing that whole if you give women the opportunity kind of article. I, it, it's ironic that Stephanie McMahon shared that if you give women the time and opportunity, article, uh, they'll have the chance to shine article. Like, I don't know if she still has it up. But I gotta send it to you. It <laughs> it's so like ironic. It's so ironic that it's like bad. Like, right. And I, I know that I actually um we saw Mick actually tweeted out something saying, like, you know, saying I think he added Vince McMahon, which I mean I don't know how this really checks the Twitter, but like he, he says, you know, you should make an all women sh- show, an all women brand. Because if you're not going to do it, someone's going to beat you to it. And I got to be honest, it's a good idea. 
But from the way they've been kind of treating the women's division, it's like, do I really want that? You know? And I don't know. I really don't know yet. And again, it's like, you're going to need to find a lot more women's wrestlers because are they going to be on Raw? Are they going to be on SmackDown, NXT still? Or are you going to put all of them on one brand? It's 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 weird. Um, so, yeah, the, like you said, the you know, the, like Mandy Rose, I mean, I know, listen, I feel like they probably use her more just for her for her looks maybe because I guess she is beautiful, but like, She's not bad. She's not bad in the ring. I mean, they, they, in the four minutes and 20 seconds, like you said, that we got in this match, it wasn't terrible, but they just don't put a lot of time to this. Um, it's sad. Yeah. I sent you the uh, tweet Stephanie McMahon put out, and I was kind of just like, hmm, this is ironic that you posted this. Like, I'm just like, come on, man. Just give them the opportunity to go and wrestle and be wrestlers instead of pouring water on people and slipping and falling like it's those 1950s like silent movies yeah it just gives them time to actually wrestle agreed well we move on and before we get to the main event which the way it's set up is drew mcintyre goes to um braun Strowman. excuse me to adam pierce and says that he wants a match and says, okay done and then braun Strowman goes to adam pierce and then says um okay if you braun Strowman says you know listen um i wasn't pinned in that triple threat match for the to be the number one contender it was randy so i should if i beat drew i should get a shot i guess i should be added to the match on 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 wrestlemania backlash and pierce says yeah you're right so if braun Strowman beat drew mcintyre on the main event he is added to the match of wrestlemania backlash making it a triple threat match for the title we get bobby lashley and mvp actually coming out uh and kind of exp, exp, you know expressing their displeasure towards it um but again but continuing to say that he, uh, he he is the almighty to be champion um, it shouldn't be a big deal. So before that, we get another episode of Alexis Playground. And yeah, yeah, please. Uh, every time we talk about this, it's, it's, it's scary. Again, that, that damn Lily. Every time <laughs> I see her, it just gives me nightmares. Um, and they had a thing. She said, okay, well, listen, you know, you can have a Lily of your own. And when she said that, I said, F no. No, right. I'll, I'll pass. I like yeah. life. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm good. Um, so she says this. She says, okay, but you could, I also think, nice thought. So she says, exhale. You know, I, she does this little video of like peaceful sunsets. You know, like, you know, this is what you got to think about. And then Lily comes into frame with a jump scare. <laughs> Bro, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I was, I, I got scared. I'm like, Bro, what the hell? And then she says, that was Lily's idea. Fuck Lily, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then she I, says, you know, you got to think negative thoughts. Shit like that, bro. And then and then after that, you know, she was saying, uh, um, however, Lily's getting restless. And for, the, for what happens in the future, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the whole WWE, which what we're made of, whatever. So, um, and that's that's Alexa's playground. So again, we have this discussion every week, JP. Oh, wait, first of all, thoughts on the segment, and then we'll get into the the talking point. I want to say, I need Lily versus Ramblin' Rabbit ASAP. Oh man, or like Hus or like Huskus. The people from the Firefly Funhouse got to come get her because she talk she talking wild about Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. Um, like I said, they've been knocking it out the park. I know some people don't like this, but. I'm loving this, the character work. It's very interesting in terms of, I don't know what 
they're going to do next and I want to see what they're going to do next. It's not like, it's not like go away heat. It's like, I want to see what's going to happen. So I'm really enjoying this. Um, could this possibly lead to Crazy Bliss versus The Fiend? I mean, I guess it has to. I guess it has to. I, this is what I was going to ask you. Because, you know, and you said you, you enjoy this. And for, I definitely, I like it. I, I definitely think it's interesting. And when it, when it happens every week, I definitely don't want to turn away. Like, like a lot of Raw does, maybe. Uh, I want to see what Alexis Blackrod is up to. Um, but it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, but what, what are we really leading to here? Because we, the last time we saw uh, Bray Wyatt was the Firefly Funhouse, I think the Monday after, or the, or the week after. Um, and they're going to explain why, you know, Bliss is not welcome anymore, whatever. And that's the last time we see Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse, but we do see Alexis Playground. Uh, listen, I'm just still mad about what happened at WrestleMania, you know, and that the travesty that happened in the start of night two. Um, but again, if this is, I guess this is leading to Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. I don't know how we might see tonight, maybe, um, because they, she says, now I'm going to unleash. She's getting restless. Lily is. So I guess we'll see maybe part of it. I really hope we do. Like, again, I, I'm liking these playground segments, but like, again, it's like, I want to see where this is going. We should I, get need some a story duel, going on. I need a duel of the fates style battle between the fiend and uh, oh Alexa God. bliss music and John everything Wayne music in the background. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Shoot. Um, if you don't want John Williams go and get, uh, Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot his name. Jim Johnson. Go get Jim Johnson to make the themes. Even talking about how WWE theme songs have been trashed recently. Now I'm just like, bro, get back in the booth then. Yeah, he keeps saying that. Yeah, he keeps saying that. Um, Which I kind of disagree. I mean, some of them are good. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. You need to go and meet with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Fix theirs. But if you're saying they bad, go back in the booth. Fix them up. And I'm saying that as a fan because I like your theme songs, bro. I mean, he's the goat. He's definitely goat in that category. So, uh, yeah. So I guess we'll see where where Alexis Playground goes. So we get to the main event. Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, Strowman wins. Um, he's in the match, and the, the match starts. And then during the match, like maybe a couple minutes into it, Bobby Lashley and MVP do come out, and they're watching it. Uh, he said it during that promo that he had that I need to, I need to, and you know, look into my, you know, my future plans. What's going to happen? Um, so they have the match. It ends with um, MVP and Lashley getting involved when maybe when Strowman was actually about to win. Um, but then Mason T-Bar tried to interfere and distract McIntyre, but then McIntyre beats them off, but he turns around and Strowman hits the power slam for the win. So at WrestleMania Backlash, it's going to be a triple threat match. It's going to be Lashley defending his title against not only just McIntyre, but also Braun Strowman. Okay, JP, this is where I ask you, what do you think of this? match um and any predictions because i have a couple reasons why they're probably making this triple threat um what do you think would you like this at all do you hate this would you rather have been the the singles rematch what do you think you know what i think i think they put braun Strowman in this match to eat the pin that's yeah Yeah. you you can't have drew get pinned because he's so popular you can't have bobby get pinned because he's also very popular nobody likes braun Strowman, so throw him in there have him eat the pin now, as far as who wins, I have no clue. Like, I'm legitimately like, I, I don't know. Because I want Bobby Lashley's reign to continue. 
But again, like I said at WrestleMania, in our WrestleMania preview, Drew is popular, man. Like he's real popular. So I could see it going either way. I see there's a snowball's chance in hell that uh, Braun Strowman wins. Yeah. That's the only reason they have him in there is to eat the pin and do some Braun Strowman stuff. And that's not a bad thing. You stay in your lane. You know your lane, just stay there. Yeah, you know, what's funny about this is, like, maybe, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, this is not going to be that good. I mean, maybe this could be a good match. I mean, who knows? It seems like on Raw, we don't get a lot of great stuff. But then when it leads to the match at the pay-per-view, it's not bad. So maybe this is a good match. I hope it is. Um, and, I, I again, I, I agree with everything you said. I think he eats the pin. I think Lashley will probably – I think I, I my, my gut feeling tells me that Lashley will retain here. I, I feel like, you know – I don't think they want either of these guys to really eat a pin, like you said, because of their popularity and how strong they look. So I definitely think it'll be, I think it'll be Lashley. You know, I, again, if you're not going to give McIntyre the mania moment, I don't see why you can't wait a little longer for Lashley to get a rain going. I don't know what they do with McIntyre after that. We'll see. Um, but that's how they end raw. You know, we have a new championship match. It's the triple threat match. So that's Monday night raw. Once again, not a good show, but there's a couple of good stuff in there. To me, I'm loving the RK Bro stuff. I want to see where they go with this. Um, and then uh, the Alexa Bliss stuff, I'm still intrigued. Um, we got to count the amount of stuff that is good on Raw, and we keep like a daily counter, a weekly counter, see if it goes up or down. Yeah, and I mean, it definitely hasn't been up. That's for sure. I mean, again, I, I feel like you know, there's a couple stuff rather than just one thing. So, yeah. I guess thumbs up the orange Cassidy thumbs up. Maybe. Uh, yeah. We'll, so, we'll give them this. Yeah. You know, like that. So, um, but we move on. And obviously when it comes to the tonight's show, again, like we said, the raw tag team champions will be on the line. AJ Styles and Omos having a rematch against the new day. I mean, I don't see the new day winning. What do you think? Do you think the new day actually get back the titles? I mean, I, they haven't been on raw since WrestleMania. I don't think they lose the titles. I don't think they lose. Um, I only see them losing to the Viking Raiders. That's really it. Not bad. Another title match, women's tag team. I'm looking on their Twitter right now. Uh, it's going to be Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Lana Naomi again. JP, you know what? I maybe I see the, the faces coming out of here because again, we see we've seen Shayna Baszler, Nia Jackson, kind of kind of splitting a little part here. We get Shayna Baszler getting a, a, mad at them all the time, especially the stuff Reginald. I think we see new women's tag champs here. What do you think? I don't think so. Not at all. Because, Why not? Because none of this makes <laughs> sense. Why? They're in a feud with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. They threw water on Shayna. And they keep making fun of Nia Jax. I don't know, man. I don't think they lose. Because... I, th- I just don't see them losing to Lana and Naomi. As much as I love Lana and Naomi, they're not losing to them. Yeah. They, they also just lost the faces. So, yeah. I don't know. I just hope they're new. I just want them to end already. <laughs> um, so, also, another thing they just announced. It says Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm reading the preview word for word here. Uh, Bobby Lashley says he can take down Drew McIntyre Braun from any time in a head-to-head situation. He'll get a chance to prove that, uh, to prove those words, right, this Monday night on Raw, as he collides with either McIntyre or Strowman. Um, 
So he's going to fight face one of them tonight. And whoever that would be, I'm going to guess Strowman maybe <laughs> again. I don't know. Remember um, when uh, WWE used to do fan voting where they like, have fans vote on like polls leading up to the show and whoever the, whoever won would get the uh, matchup? They yes. should do that for this. They should bring that back because fan I, interaction is so much higher now, especially with Twitter. You know what, man? Listen, I was, I was thinking about that earlier. One of my favorite pay-per-views of all time is Taboo Tuesday 2004. Um, and uh, Cyber Sunday was kind of like that thing as well, right? With the whole fan interaction stuff. So I agree. They should bring that back. Uh, especially with now, since, you know, you're not going to have fans. It could be a, a cool new thing to kind of bring back. So I agree. Um, I mean, I guess I vote McIntyre, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, who I would you vote if you had the chance? Strowman, because we've seen Lashley versus Drew a lot. And not say it's bad, but if they want to protect Drew McIntyre going into this, don't have him face the champion. But you could have Drew face him and then Braun just interfere. That's what I feel like is going to happen anyway. Either Braun or like Mason T-Bar are going to interfere. Yeah, I can see that happening. I mean... I can see that it's probably gonna happen, right? We'll probably see some interference here. So we move on to NXT now, uh, a much better WWE show. Um, and we start off Mercedes Martinez taking on Dakota Kai. She's probably gonna face Raquel Gonzalez for the title sooner rather than later. Uh, good match between these two. Again, it's like again, <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, women's wrestling on on these brands and on Raw it sucks, and then on NXT it's really good because the NXT di- women's division is is good. Uh, and they and these two prove it. They have they have a, they have a really good match with each with each other. Uh, however, Martinez wins. She beats Kai by by DQ because Raquel Gonzalez gets involved in the match. Um, so and then afterwards, I mean, I, I, Raquel Gonzalez absolutely just demolishes her. She throws her at, at the barricade screen with the plexiglass and stuff like that. So, uh, JP, thoughts on the match? Uh, uh, and are you excited for a eventual title match between Mercedes Martinez and Raquel Gonzalez? I'm excited because there's going to be a lot of physicality. I love matches that are physical, stiff, that snug strikes. Um, I thought this match was good. I thought it brought an intensity. It was a good opener. Um, I think we are going to see that Dakota Kai like split soon enough because I feel like she's going to get tired of being second fiddle, you know? Um, but I do like this is a good first. I think it's a good first challenger for Ra- Raquel Gonzalez because it's someone who can match intensity and power. So nothing like having a hoss fight. Absolutely, uh, I, I I'm within. Listen, I feel like for, as for her first opponent being the champion, I think that Mercedes Martinez is a good choice there. Um, I, I was reading the thing. I mean, would you? Who would you consider? I feel like. Raquel Gonzalez has almost been the face this past couple weeks. I don't know what your feelings are on that. Are who's the face and who's the heel? Do you think of this scenario? Ah, uh, I don't know if I can say face or heel because I feel like it's more like Raquel's champion, Martinez's challenger. The champion's going to do everything to retain her advantage as champion, and the challenger's going to try and go through everybody she has to to get to the champion. So Raquel Gonzalez attacking uh, Mercedes Martinez and getting the match in a DQ is her preserving her dominance over the division. 
it's not like a face move or heel move. It's a champion move, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I just don't – I feel like we, when we saw that whole thing where it was uh, it was Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair kind of celebrating with, with Raquel Gonzalez, she really looked like a face there. And then they were cheering for her as well. So, I, I don't know. It, it's weird because uh, I, I reading the Bleacher – uh, report recap. They're saying that Raquel's the, the heel. I'm like, I, I kind of disagree. I feel. Um, I feel like that moment with uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was more like a uh, like a break the fourth wall moment, where it's kind of just like this is yes, a cool thing I that guess. happened, but it's not like a true face turn. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I I just feel like she's been acting more like a like a face lately, and Mercedes Martinez has been kind of teetering too. Even though she's kind of been sort of the face because she's been kind of, kind of facing with the Robert Stone brand, you know, a couple weeks before as well. So I don't. know. We'll see. Uh, afterwards, you know, um, we see Cameron Grimes another segment with him. He wants to buy the most expensive watch possible. However, he's not the person that buys the most expensive watch. It's actually, Teddy Biasi comes out and 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 laughs right in his face. So we finally see Ted. DiBiase and Cameron Grimes be one one another. You like this, JP? I, can I love it, man. Keep doing this stuff. Just have Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase like try and outbid each other on stuff like uh, storage wars. And just have them go around trying out buy each other. I think that's awesome because we know Cameron Grimes can wrestle, but this promo stuff, this character stuff, is amazing. It's so much fun, and it's capitalized. It, this is a good example of capitalizing on a moment and turning it into something really good. Raw didn't do it with Mandy Rose tripping and falling because they beat it into the dirt. This became Cameron Grimes' character, and he's knocking it out of the park. So I love all of it so far. I completely agree. And it's sooner rather than later we see, we see Cameron Grimes talk about Dogecoin. Whenever that happens, it'll be, it'll be fun. So we move on. Real young veterans are out to the rank. They're demanding MSK to give their uh, to give them their one on one tag team title match. However, Tommaso Champ and Timothy Thatcher come out, uh, returning Timothy Thatcher. By the way, he he's been not here for a couple weeks. Um, so they come out and say, you know, we're we, we're kind of we're kind of like you guys. You know, we're grizzled. We're veterans. We like to fight. Uh, and then they just they just they come in the ring. They push each other's buttons. They have a brawl. Uh, no match. So we're eventually going to see a match probably this upcoming Tuesday or if not in the future. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about that. Here's the thing with Raw that the NXT and SmackDown and AEW do. They make us excited also for the next week while we're watching the, the, the current week. I feel like, again, we, we didn't hear about these championship matches, the, the Omos and Styles one and the women's ones until yesterday, I feel. You know, and again, they, when SmackDown was hyping up this match between Big E and, and Apollo Crews, between you know, Brian and Roman Reigns, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, you don't get excited. For this one, it's like, you knew if this happened on Raw, they'd fight that moment, have that tag team match right there. You know, and I think that Bleacher Report recap says the same thing. You get excited. You know, you get excited. And then I, I, I agree. Are you excited for an eventual match between those two teams? Absolutely. I love the physicality that both these teams bring. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun because I don't know if you know, but I love those type of matches where it's physical, 
hard hitting, strong style. Tim Thatcher, the way he wrestles is great to me because it's rooted in realism. Like, I wouldn't try a Hurricane Rana in real life in a fight. I don't know if, like, I don't know if you would. I don't know if anybody listening would try a Hurricane Rana in real life. If you would, like, more power to you, bro. Go get it. Go, go get it. But I could see using a rear naked choke or, like, an ankle lock because those things happen. So I love how Tim Thatcher fights. Tommaso Ciampa always kind of psycho, hard-hitting. I do think Grizzly Gun Veterans win, though. I think it's going to happen. Again, I think we're eventually going to see MSK and Grizzly Gun Veterans go at it one more time. And when that happens, I think it'll be great. However, you know, MSK is doing a little bit with Legato del Fantasma, which we'll talk about in, you know, in a little bit. Um, so we move on from that. We also see Zaya Lee kind of, we haven't seen her in a couple weeks. I feel we, we see her kind of talk about, um, Tion Shaw. I think it's like maybe how you pronounce, pronounce it. Um, so it, just kind of, I guess, teasing for the future. Again, we'll see where this leads to. Just more. I knew Tion Shaw was a dragon. What do you mean you knew that she, they said that she was a dragon? She had her face painted like a dragon. She's a dragon. Just because your face paint is like a dragon doesn't mean you're a dragon. Yes, it does. What do you mean? Yes, it does. Have you ever seen Tian Sha's face without the paint? No. Then she's a dragon. Oh my! <laughs> the logic, I guess. Um. So what we're saying is that when she when she's in a match, she's gonna breathe fire. That's what you're saying. Yes. If Alexa Bliss can do it, I guess Tian Sha can do it as well. I mean, I have more reason to believe Tian Sha can do it because she's a literal dragon. Yeah, Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Is she's a witch. Death. Yeah, she's a yeah, but a dragon though. But a dragon though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, true. All right, we move on. <laughs> uh, we move on. Tony Storm comes to the ring. She's gonna be in a match against Zeta Ramir. and she kind of comes out and talks about how you know her career is already legendary. Tony Zoe starts to thank her because Zoe Stark beat her at, at the pre-show match of Takeover, and she also attacked her the week prior as well after her match against Saray. Uh, which was uh, not on the show from what I from what I remember. Um, so she says, "Yeah, I'm gonna end, I'm gonna end her career in an eventual match, but now I'm gonna you know I'm gonna end Zeta Ramirez and, and Zeta Ramirez just got beat up the whole time, really. However, Zoe Stark co- comes out and she kind of does a distraction. Zeta Ramirez takes advantage. She does a shooting star press on Tony Storm for the win, and I'll be honest, I was shocked." Not even because of the win, because of the shooting star press. Because when she went up to the top row, I'm like, okay, what are we about to see here? Are we going to see sort of like, who did this? Re- did Casey Canzaro do something like this where like she went up to the top row, she did some crazy move on the top of row, and then she won and no one really expected it? I got the same thing here. A shooting star press? Brock Lesnar must be jealous. It was a That's good shooting star press, too. Like It was beautiful. Oh, like, yeah. I More power to people who can do shooting star presses. That move looks so cool, but if I tried it, I would bust my butt. Break your neck. Yeah. That's what I'm having to Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah. damn, that's that's a hard boot to pull off. And she did it beautifully. It was great to watch. I was like, okay. And then she won. And you don't so, really see a lot of women's wrestlers do shooting star presses. Like Case Canzaro does that twisting 630. Yeah. But we haven't seen her in a good little minute. Who else does a top rope finisher kind of like that? Kyrie Sane had an elbow drop, but 
I haven't seen a woman's wrestler do a shooting star press. Bianca Belair does a 450, which yeah. is super impressive. I haven't and, seen I don't haven't seen any wrestler really do a shooting star press in a long time, especially on the WWE. So yeah, that's it's a it's a it's a it's a scary move. She did it though. She did pretty good too, and she wins it. Um, Tony Storm losing again. It's a little interesting, you know. But I mean, she's putting over these these people, so I guess that's not the worst thing. Um, but we're eventually going to see Zoe Stark again against um, Tony Storm. We'll see what happens with Zeta Ramirez. I feel like she might have a rematch, probably. I, I think against Tony Storm on, on Tuesday, so that'll probably happen. So eh, we'll see. I mean, the match itself wasn't great because, I mean, it was just Tony Storm beating her up the whole time and then led to the shooting star. So, whatever. So, we move on to the next match. Uh, Austin Theory made this match last week with William Regal about uh, Bronson Reed and says, if Bronson Reed beats me, then you can have Johnny for the title. And Johnny Gargano was very mad at that. But we have this match now. You know what, man? I, I thought this match was good. You know? Oh, and I, we know what Bronson Reed can do. I, I honestly thought that that Bronson Reed match against Gargano at Takeover, while there was a lot of other matches that were great on that card, that was a very sneaky match. I thought that was a really good match. Um, and then he has one now with Austin Theory. Austin Theory, we know how talented the guy is. Again, I said this on Twitter, but every time he does that transition of jumping through the middle of the ropes into that drop kick, um, it looks good every single time, and and. These two had a good match. They had, they had some good chemistry. But obviously, you know, Reed ends up winning this. However, at the end here, the the one thing that, you know, it wasn't bad. I, I actually kind of like the storyline. But it, what interfered the match was uh, Dexter Loomis coming out and kind of like, you know, kind of going towards Indy Hartwell. And Indy Hartwell uh, thought that the flowers to Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackout were from Dexter Loomis, but it was planted by Candice LeRae, whatever. Um, and they almost kiss or something, and Austin Theory kind of gets in the way, which leads to him doing a tsunami. Way. I see what you did there. I didn't even mean to do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, the fact that you said that, I really didn't know. Um, they get in the way, whatever, and then he does a tsunami uh, for the win, and Bronsery gets another shot of the title against Johnny Gargano. So whatever that happens, you know, whenever that – match happens should be a banger as well thoughts on the match jp do you feel the same way do you think it was a really good match um what did you think i thought it was good um austin theory i love that roll through move because it's so good when it connects but it can also be easily countered like those are some of the best moves because like a super kick can be countered pretty well a rko can be countered pretty well so it's not just a move that's devastating it's the counters off of it that make it look really cool. Cause I think Bronson Reed hit him with a sit out spine buster. Yeah. The second time that was the second time. That was really smooth. Yeah. Bronson Reed's got to win this title sooner or later. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I think so. Cause if he doesn't, this would make like four straight times. He's had a title match and he's lost. And again, it kind of goes to the fact that Johnny's beaten everybody. Like this is a really, this is a really good reign as North America champion. But I feel like it should have ended like a few takeovers ago. Personally. Well, I, well you're just a Kushida fan. Yeah, so I am a Kushida fan. But it should have ended with Bronson Reed. I know, I agree. I, I think this next time when they do have a match, I think Bronson Reed will be your new 
NXT North American champion. Again, like you said, I think it's been an, actually a really good reign for, for Johnny Gargano. Again, he had that banger match against Ushida, which, I mean, I think it's maybe still your match of the year. It was definitely top for me. Um, it was great. And then even the match against Bronson Reed at the last takeover, I thought was really good. Um, and then obviously the stuff with Damian Priest before that and then and, and Leon Ruff. Um, so I think this next match will be a banger, and I think it'll be great. Um, also, speaking of Leon Ruff, uh, him and Swerve Scott are going to have a false count anywhere match this Tuesday. I'm pumped. I, I really liked what they've been doing the past couple times they wrestled in the ring. Um, and I think that this the stipulation is good. The, these two, I'm, I'm excited for it. Are you are you excited for these uh for that match on the upcoming Tuesday? Dude, this is going to be great. I've, I'm enjoying this rivalry so much. It's a very underrated rivalry because it's not for a title. But these two are bringing the best out of each other. I don't know who's going to come out on top. I think Swerve needs this victory more than Leon Ruff because I think he should be in the title picture. But again, he is a heel, and NXT is very heel-dominated right now. So it depends. But this match is going to be amazing. Just from the way they... You can tell wrestlers have good chemistry. And... Swerve and Ruff have great chemistry. I'm excited to see what they pull out. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, we get to the next match. Killian Dane, Drake Maverick versus Imperium. Um, and we kind of, during the match, I mean, it was it was an okay match. During the match, however, we saw actually Alexander Wolf take a steel chair when the ref wasn't looking, about to hit uh, Killian Dane. And I, I forgot which one did. It might have been Eichner or Bartel. I forgot which one actually kind of like stopped him from doing it because, again, they have that sort of relationship, whatever. Um, but it ended up, you know, Drake Maverick kind of getting put away at the end there for the win. Um, and, and obviously, you know, the Killing Drake looks over his uh, looks over his friend there. Um, eh, good stuff. You know, I know you're interested in this whole Imperium stuff. You know, JP, I want to know what you thought of this match. Um, is Killing Dane going to join Imperium? What do you I think? think eventually he's going to join Imperium, but I do like that they're adding layers where it's not an immediate like, yep, I'm done here. See you later. It's like, okay, I'm, I still want to protect you, but I'm still getting recruited by these guys. So I like that they're adding this wrinkle, but I do think he's going to be in Imperium by July. By July, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I could see it. We'll see. I know Drake Maverick actually had his uh, sort of worries. He said like, "Oh, what are you, you you're gonna leave me and join Imperium, sorry, like that." So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna happen. Uh, and we won't see that. We won't hear that awesome theme song for their team anymore that I love so much. So that's pretty sad. Um, we move on to the next match here. We get Moon, you know, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Aaliyah, Jesse Kamea. Um, the match never ends it, from, from what I remember because Andy Hartwell and Kenny would come out and they just start beating each other up on the outside. I know that there's like more flowers get delivered and then, you know, Andy Hartwell just goes crazy. So um, that happens, but we don't, we don't have to talk more about that. Um, Adam Cole does an interview um, with, a, with an actual sports uh, reporter, which is interesting. They do it on a pool side and Adam Cole is just acting like a prick the whole time. Uh, he, he's kind of telling the guys like, oh, why did you do, why did you do it in the sun? And I'm, I'm sweating here, stuff like that. He's acting like a, you know, like a prima donna. Um, but he was just talking about Kyler Riley saying that he's not ready for the main event level, stuff like that, kind of setting that up. Talking about Kerry Cross, you know, sort of said like, you know, he's good, hasn't met me, sort of thing. Um, and when that interview ends, we see that Kyler Riley is watching it and he is, and he laughs, he scoffs at it at the end there. So, 
Um, we'll see where that leads to. Um, will we see a rematch with O'Reilly and Cole? Will we see O'Reilly and, and Cross soon rather than later? I don't know. JP, any thoughts on that? What do you think is going to happen from this? Um, my thoughts are, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, but I think Adam Cole is the biggest star in NXT. Easily. In terms of consistency, on-camera, promos, wrestling. I remember a while back, I said, Adam Cole, I take Adam Cole as the main star of NXT over Finn Balor. And I still, I stand by that. Because Adam Cole delivers week in, week out. You know, Finn Balor's going to be coming back on Tuesday and my mind might change. But, you know, I really do think he's the biggest star in NXT. And that promo kind of seals it. You don't see Kyle O'Reilly doing that promo. You don't see – you really can't see any other NXT wrestler pulling off that kind of promo outside of maybe, like, Johnny Gargano? Like Finn Balor. But Finn Balor, maybe. But Adam Cole, he's that dude, man. He's that dude. You can't describe it any way else. But a women's tag, I I guess the wrinkle of attacking because the flowers is like, okay. And I like that they're adding Frankie Monet and all this because, like, you know, it gets it keeps her on television. Yeah. The street fight, I'm excited for it. I don't know if there will be two street fights the same night. That'd be crazy, though. Like, I don't think that's happened in the time that I've been watching wrestling where you have two straight, two straight street fights. Yeah. So, I, I, again, the whole stipulation I'm actually excited for because, again, it's like, oh, we're going to see these two teams fight for the fourth time in a regular match. Now it's a street fight. So I don't mind that. I, and I hope it's extreme, man. I hope, I hope they end it off. I, I don't know. I, don't really, I really don't see Shotzi Blackheart ever move, giving away the titles. Um, I kind of want the way to have them, but I feel like maybe there's some – kind of inner destruction going on with the whole Dexter Loomis thing, so we'll see what happens there. Um, when it comes to your point about Adam Cole, listen, when it comes to Adam Cole, I think that he is the biggest star in NXT, only because he, he's definitely, he has the opportunity to do way more than he has been. Obviously, listen, Finn Balor's in the best, you know, he's in one of the best shapes of his career. However, he's only 40. That's pretty, I wouldn't say that's old for a wrestler, but that's that's definitely there. You know, you're, you're past, you're of being a, a superstar in the business. I think Adam Cole has the ability to be one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. He already is, but like, I think that when he gets to, eventually he's going to get to the main roster. Right. And I, and I think he'll don't be think a huge so. star. I don't think he goes to the main roster. You don't think, you don't think so. What? You don't think he's going to get to the main roster or you don't think he's gonna be a huge star. I don't think he's going to go to the main roster. He's, he's too important to NXT. Like, I think, I think Finn goes back to the main roster before Adam Cole. I hope. I like, hope so. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with me and Adam Cole, right, is that the one thing that scares me about him going to the main roster, he's not the Vince McMahon type, right? He's not the tallest. He's not really the beefiest. However, I mean, he's one of the best damn wrestlers on the planet. And I think that when it comes to being on the mic and how and charismatic he is, he checks all those boxes, in my opinion. So, I think that one day he's eventually going to go to the main roster. I, I just don't I see, see how they can't. I see Karrion Cross going to the main roster before uh, Adam Cole. I feel like Karrion Cross could have been there last year. 
I think Karen Cross is going to be fast track for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely see that coming. But listen, man, it's just like I tell you what though, because I feel like when NXT you know gets the guys going up to the main roster, they have a replacement of who's going to be there, who's going to be their next stars. I, I again, I don't think Adam Cole's leaving anytime soon. I think he has to wrap up the Riley. I think he's going to be in the title picture for a little bit longer. I think eventually he'll be there, at the main roster. I don't think so. Perfect. I think. I think he's an NXT lifer. I think him, Johnny, Tommaso, they're NXT lifers. You, you're telling me, listen, man, I picture Adam Cole with the WWE title. I picture him in the main event of WrestleMania. You're telling me, you're, you're going to rob me of that, JP? Yeah. You're going to rob me of that? Why would you do that to me? I'm not doing it to you. Vince did that to you. Isn't that it yet, though? He could not do that. Now, imagine, you know? imagine Adam Cole goes up to the main roster and they just completely butcher him because he's 5'10 and looks like a high school safety. Mike, here's the thing, right? I, again, correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like if Adam Cole gets called up to the main roster and they fuck it up, which I honestly don't think they will, but if they do, would that be the biggest... What's the word for it? The biggest bust, I guess. I don't know what they call it. The biggest underutilized talent of all of, since the, the whole thing with NXT and WWE. Yeah, I think it would be as well. Well, actually, I think actually, no, I don't think so. Who, who Shinsuke, Samoa Joe. I think Adam Cole would be bigger. I or are you talking about bust? Are you saying like he never wins the main title, but he wins like a title or doesn't I, win a title at all? Because here's the thing, right? I mean, technically, Shinsuke Nakamura has had a very successful WWE career, right? But we knew we know that he can do, he could be that main title holder. Samoa Joe, you know. But the, again, right, is that Samoa Joe came into the WWE already at, at a very older age how old is adam cole right now 31 32 if not he's late 20s i feel like there's a lot of years left of like prime adam cole adam cole is 31 again i feel like when when did when how old was samoa joe when he came into the when he came into the WWE? i mean listen he had a great nxt career right i mean he was great there going up to the main roster you know he didn't have a lot of that years again i i, I still think he should have been champion but like if they waste Adam Cole's a lot of Adam Cole's years to do nothing, I that would be the biggest, in my opinion. Bigger than Shitsuke, bigger than Samoa Joe, bigger than I don't know who else. I I feel like it, you know that'll be the biggest. Okay, sure. so Samoa Joe right now is forty two. He got to the main roster in twenty seventeen, so he was like thirty eight, thirty seven when he got to the main roster. And God forbid, I mean that's how old Damian Priest is. So we'll see what happens with him, but. Well, the jury's still out in Keith Lee. I, I definitely think they have big plans for Keith Lee. And it Matt seems, Riddle. Matt Riddle. It seems like they have very big plans for these two, especially Keith Lee, I feel. So here's hoping. Um, but if, if, any, if nothing more, I'm, we're, we'll move on from there. Um, main event, M.S. Kushida. M.S. Kushida. That's a bomb-ass name. Taking on Legado del Fantasma. Um, 
really good match here, man. I, I really, really enjoyed these these six going at it together. It was very fun. Uh, we actually got Legato Del Fantasma winning here at the end, which kind of shocked me a little bit because um, they pinned Nash Carter, one of the champions, to do it. Uh, and Legato Del Fantasma stood tall at the end, all of them hold, holding the titles. Obviously, Escobar holding the Cruiserweight title that uh, she had beat him with. And then, obviously, the Legato Del Fantasma holding the tag team titles. What do you think of this match, JP? Were you surprised at the end? This was a fantastic match. It had a fast pace, it had technical, it had a strong style. I love MS Kushida. They did a shout out to the time splitters with one of their moves, which is Alex Shelley and Kushida. I mean, come on. I I love this match. These are Kushida's one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT. And you know I love Legato Del Fantasma. I wasn't surprised that Legato got the win because it makes sense. If you want to hype up a rivalry or hype up a title match, make the challenger win especially if they're a heel in a non-title match, that gives them more of a reason to say, hey, I deserve that title because we beat you. Whether it be fair or not, they did get the pin. They got the one, two, three. I absolutely love it. And the, one of the other reasons that I loved, loved it is because this is the second time that Santos Escobar has been in the main event surrounding the Cruiserweight title. This is the second time the Cruiserweight title has been in the main event at all. So they're bringing legitimacy to the Cruiserweight title, which is something that it was lacking before um, Santos Escobar got it. Like, no offense to Jordan Devlin, but he wasn't bringing that. He's not bringing the same notoriety that Santos Escobar does or Kushida. So what they're doing with it is amazing. I can't wait for a longer match between Escobar and Kushida. And then MSK versus Legato, dude, it's going to go crazy. Exactly. There's stuff to be very excited about when it comes to that. This is the first time M- MSK has lost in a match. First time ever. They've been pinned. So, huge for them. And again, I, I'm, I'm excited for those eventual matches. And again, Santos Escobar is a main event talent, I think, in NXT. So, it seems like we're, we're going we're gonna to get a, uh, a hint of that there. That's the end of NXT. Moving on to AEW Dynamite. Um... And again, they're setting up for Blood and Guts the next this upcoming Wednesday, which we'll talk about in a little bit. However, the show starts off with Hangman Page versus Brian Cage, um, and these two have a kind of a they have a good match, not bad to open off the show. However, Brian Cage beats him clean in this. I was shocked because the way they've been they've been using Brian Cage, it seems like he's in a match, he looks dominant, and then he loses at the end. This time, he beats the number one ranked. Per, well, to the rankings, they're, they're number one ranked person, a, a person that we thought would not uh, lose. You know th- that he's the next; he's locked in for the, to be the next AEW World Champion. This this time, he he uh, he wins, and you know Brian Cage, and you know looked very strong doing it. Were you surprised at this, JP? Or were you not surprised at this? And how did you feel about the match? I thought the match was good. Um, I think it went a little short. It was rear brief. I was surprised that Brian Cage won this because Hangman is on fire right now. He's probably the most over or most popular babyface in AEW. But I do like that Brian Cage won because it gives him heat. It gives him, it makes him more of a threat, you know? And it's what he should be. The man, you see the man, look at him. He has muscles on top of muscles. His muscles have muscles. That guy should be in the world title picture. 
So it makes sense that he's picking up victories over Hangman Page. In the end, I don't know where it's going to go. I think it's going to lead to more dissension between Team Taz. But I thought it was, I thought the match was fine. Um, but again, a little shocked. Brian Cage won. Yeah, very shocked. When, when he pinned him one, two, three there, I was, I was shocked. Again, that's your, um, from the way that Brian Cage has been booked and from the way that Heyman Page has been booked, it was definitely a, a huge shock for me. Um, but Cage didn't need to win. But, you know, again, it seemed like they, they really didn't care all that much. But we move on to the Seidel brothers taking on the Young Bucks. Um, and this wasn't for the World Tag Team Champions, but, they, you know, they were kind of teasing that if the, if the Seidel brothers were to pick up the win, they would definitely get a title shot in the future. Um, pretty damn good match between these two teams. I mean, you really can't go wrong with the Young Bucks match for the most part. Uh, and the Seidel brothers have been putting up some good stuff there as well. Uh, but obviously, you know, the Young Bucks win this and, it ends up with like, you know, um, we, we just see a weird, I, again, I feel like the Bucks were an asshole like this just two weeks ago, but in this match, you know, Matt Jackson is like blading, like, you know, kind of combat style, like low blow right to the gonads of one of the side brothers. And he's just like laughing in the camera. Um, but whatever they do, the BTE trigger for the win. Don Callis is laughing it up on commentary as usual. And, SCU comes out, Frankie Kazarian to Christopher Daniels. They interrupt. They say that we don't know what these young bucks have become. You you were our friends, and now we don't know what you you know what you are. We said that the, the, the when we lose the next match, we lose. We're gonna be splitting up, and if it's gonna be that, it's gonna be against you guys for the titles. So um, they're setting it up. SCU versus Young Bucks. We'll see that pretty soon. JP thoughts of the match. Thoughts on an eventual SCU uh, Young Bucks title match. Thoughts on. I've seen people say that this Young Bucks thing with the heels, it's it's. I've seen some people say it's kind of a weird transition. They were just, I don't know, good guys one week and then another bad guys, whatever. Th- thoughts on that, if you have any. I thought the match was fun. I like Matt Seidel. Mike Seidel is kind of like okay, I can get, I can get with him too. I this is a very controversial take that I am sure nobody else on the internet has thought of. The Young Bucks are a lot better as heels. Like, they're so better as obnoxious bad guys because they lean into it. Like, they're all the way in on being obnoxious heels. They already know that not a lot of people like them. So they just lean into it. Go ahead. They're changing the Twitter bio every 30 minutes. Lean into it. The wrestling in the fake Dior's, which is a sin, punishable by (laughs) death. Lean into it. They're good at making people not like them. So continue just to be heels. Um, SCU coming back, I love SCU. That's, they're one of my favorite tag teams. I really, I feel really sad because Christopher Daniels is like 50. And like, I know they're not going to win. But it would be fun. Yeah. Especially considering Scorpio Sky is doing his own thing now. As far as the Young Bucks and their transition to heel goes, I feel like this was in the workings the entire time. They turned heel when they kicked John Moxley. Like, I saw it coming. Now, to the extent that they're going, I didn't know they would go this far. 
into it, but I enjoy it. I saw it coming. It's fine. Yeah, when it comes to Young Bucks, I, do I prefer them as bad guys? I think I, I do. I, I feel like them at being sort of one of the EVPs, you know, of AEW, and people are saying, oh, they're just, you know, they have the titles, just, you know, and they own the, you know, they, they're part of the, the creative process, whatever. Um, I think I think they are better as heels, personally, for me. Um, when it comes to the transition to heel thing, I for me, it was weird, just because when they kicked John Moxley in the weeks prior to that, they were very sort of reserved and hesitant. Like, oh, I don't know if we want to be side with our best friend and stuff like that. And when they kicked John Moxley, we didn't really we really didn't see him be act like the assholes they are now, sort of thing. So when they did in this match, when they were kind of showing it off, and even the, the past week, I was just like, okay, now these guys were really reserved, and now they're just assholes. So I don't know. I'm, I'm my my thoughts on are they're like it's it's weird. It was a very rushed transition in my opinion, but I don't mind the whole Kenny Omega young bucks thing that they're have going on with the elite and stuff like that. I think it's pretty good actually. So personally for me, I don't mind it. Excuse me. So, but the young bucks beat the side out brothers. Um, and again, for young bucks and SCU, I'm excited for it. SCU. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them winning, so they're going to lose. They're not going to be SCU anymore. So we'll see. We move on. Orange Cassidy versus Penta El Zero Miedo. Uh, I really enjoyed this match as well. Maybe my personal match of the night. I, I'm maybe forgetting the other matches, but I feel like it was all, it was a really good contest between these two guys. Uh, the, the opening was fun. Orange Cassidy tried to put his hands in his pockets, and Penta would not even allow him. We, he would do his sort of thing right in his face. Uh, but it was good, and Cassidy defeats Penta in this one. Um, but with this... Uh, Cassidy um, brought the brought his manager, who is Alex Abrahantes, into the ring. Um, but Penta cuts him off. The ref wasn't looking. You know, just Trent uh, Cassidy got a microphone and you know did an orange punch with the microphone to Penta uh, f- for the win there. So JB thoughts on this match? This match had no reason to be as good as it was. Like I was sitting there like. Oh my God, who's gonna win? I was rooting for Penta. Penta's once again, Penta's gear, top oh, yeah. tier. Uh, he he didn't do the Batman one again, but it was really cool. Um, again, Orange Cassidy proving he's one of the better. He can wrestle, and wrestle with the best of them. I really kind of just I thought it was a great match. It was, it was fun, you know. I still think Penta should have won, but that is a very biased and partial uh, analysis. I think Penta was on a roll, but I do understand Orange Cassidy getting the win because Best Friends has been fully formed back together. So it makes sense that they that Orange Cassidy won. But again, Matt shouldn't have been as good as it was, but they went out and had a banger. Completely agree. We move on to the Blood and Guts parlay. They're kind of explaining, you know, just kind of talking to one another before their their Blood and Guts match uh, next this upcoming Wednesday. Amazing. Excited for it. Um, these two, you know, significantly, which we'll talk about MJF and Jericho. But during this, they kind of talk to one another and Sean Spears cuts off Tony Schiavone and pretty much targets Sammy Guevara telling him, like, you know, we should get the advantage. And Sammy Guevara, he hasn't even wrestled, so, you know, we should get the advantage, whatever. Um, 
And then Sammy Guevara cuts him off and says, you know, he's been a failure in AEW. He was a failure in his past work. You know, WWE, you know, give me 10. Um, and then he, it says, you know, he will be again next week. So I, I don't mind being, I don't mind being the, the first one in there, you know, put me in there first. I don't care. Um, and then so Guevara agreed to give the pinnacle the advantage. And he seemed like he was asking Jericho kind of for, for slight permission. Jericho didn't really mind. Um, and then Cash Wheeler gets in the mic. He criticizes Santana and Ortiz. He calls them lapdogs. Dax Harwood gets the mic. Um, and he, he talks about their children. You can tell Santana and Ortiz are like, okay, no, no. I got, like they were getting physically, you know, you can tell they were visibly upset. Um, and then they get on the mic and say, like, you know, never mention our kids again. We're, we're going to let the fist do the talking and, you know, next week, whatever. And then we get to really the great part here with, you know, MGF, you know, kind of, I thought it was great. He was telling Jericho, you, know, you know, Chris, you look very tired. You know, you look very tired. You've, you've been in the top for so long now. You're very worn down. But after, you know, after we beat you at blood and guts, I'm going to be taking your spot. You know, I'm going to be at the top. Um, and then, you know, and he goes and he again, delivers an amazing promo. And then Jericho gets in the mic, tells me he's entitled. He tells me he has to earn the spot. He says, you're right. You know, um, you're, you're, what you're doing at 25 was me doing better in WCW. He name dropped WCW. I don't know if that's like a, if he did that on accident or he, he could, because I mean, it's technically, I guess, on WWE. I don't know. Um, so I, I, I found it to be surprising, but he was talking about how, like, you know, he's still going to be at the top. Uh, he was happy to have work for everything he got. He busted his ass across the world. Um, even, you know, he pointed to the guys next to him, to Jack Swagger. He mentioned some sort of uh, incident and stuff like that as well. He says that inner circle is blood and guts and that they've been a family since day one. You guys, you mentioned, you know, this guy for like, what, a couple months now. Um, so he reiterated that, you know, MGF and Pinnacle have to kill the inner circle before they surrendered. Um, JP, this, this, this match is going to be amazing, <laughs> I think. Um and again, they were kind of explaining it, you know, when they were talking about the whole advantage thing, this just sounds like war games, you know, I, I think it is war games, except that I think there's going to, instead of it being open, it's going to be closed. Like, so it's like double a, hell on the cell. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, JP thoughts in this, thoughts in this whole segment and then thoughts on, on the match this upcoming Wednesday. They don't miss with the promos. Well, actually, Starting off with Sean Spears is a bold move. Let, let me get that out the way. Starting off with Sean Spears cutting promos about people being failures is a bold move. And Sammy Guevara tore it up. Um, Santana Ortiz and FTR, just give me the match already. I need that. And then what kind of stuck out to me was MJF talking to Chris Jericho like he was old yeller. I was like, yeah, we're going to put you out the pasture, man. But I really did love Jericho's promo. I think the promo here was better than the one last week. He sounded more passionate. He sounded, he sounded real. Like this wasn't just like Chris Jericho worldwide superstar. This was Chris Jericho leader of the inner circle. And if the promos, if the matches are anything like the promos, sign me up. I think it could be one of the best matches of the year if it matches the intensity of the promos. Absolutely. 
again, it seems like it's kind of like a war game sort of thing where you talk about the war. The war games, the past two war games match we had, you know, last year was spectacular. I can't see why this one wouldn't be. Um, again, the promos have been legendary. I really think what, what MGF said, I, I love him talk, kind of saying to Jericho, like, you know, you know, you look tired, you look worn out. I'm here to take your spot. You know, again, and I, I love that whole sort of dynamic they have going on. Jericho is kind of trying to grasp for that sort of, you know, you know, that top spot still. I love it, man. I, this is going to be amazing. I, I, I'm excited for it. And, you know, they said this was a one match event. But it, but it's not. They, they they announced some matches that we'll talk about in a little bit for this, so we'll talk about it. But um, we move on. Um, we see Kenny Omega in a limo, and I think Eddie Kingston. Uh, he was saying that Eddie Kingston was gonna face Michael Nakazawa in a match. So Eddie Kingston comes out. Nakazawa was in the wing, in the ring, the wing, in the ring. Um, and he says, you know, he demands a match with Omega. He doesn't want to face Nakazawa, and then. Um, he says, you know, he beats up, he beats up Nakazawa. Well, he, te- he teased to break his ankle and Omega's like, yeah, whatever. And then he's like, well, you know, I have, I have Brandon Cutler. I don't care. And Cutler gets like thrown out of the, the heel, the heel thing. And here comes John Moxley throws Omega into the ring. Kingston threatens to break his ankle. Don Callis appears. Uh, and then they actually gave in to the, to the faces threat. It's going to be Moxley and Kingston taking on Omega and Nakazawa on Wednesday. So. Should be a good, should be a good match. What do you think, JP? It should be fun. I love Eddie Kingston, John Moxley. Like, I love if they're like a tag team for like certain occasions where it's like John Moxley was Eddie Kingston's go-to partner. If he needs a tag guy, go get John Moxley. Um, I love that Kenny Omega just calls out goons. And it's Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. Like, <laughs> you're Kenny Omega, bro. You don't have any other shooters back there. I I mean, even Taz has Will Hobbs. Right. But you got Brandon Cutler? Sure. <laughs> but I think this, ma- this segment was great because it played to the character's biggest strengths. Kenny Omega is a douchebag. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley are real tough. They're not afraid to do what they have to to get what they want, and that's what they did. They outsmarted Don Callis by threatening to snap Kenny's ankle. So I enjoyed the segment. The tag match should be fun. It won't be a five-star match, but it'll be fun. My question is with this is that what are we leading to here? Yeah, because I don't mind this whole thing between Mike Moxley and Kingston and Omega and the Elite, whatever. Are we leading to a rematch with Omega and, and Moxley? Are we getting... Kingston and Moxley, which I, I mean, it should be Kingston and Omega, which I wouldn't mind. Where, where are we leading to? That's my question. I, I really don't know where this is going. It seems like they're really prolonging this maybe to no end. What do you think? Do you, do you feel this leading somewhere or? What if it's Kingston versus Omega for the Impact title? For the Impact title? The Impact title. Because lest we forget, he has the Impact title. If he shows up on AEW with the Impact title, I'm going to be so mad. Which, by the way, on this past Wednesday, he was the Impact champion by then. Didn't didn't show, didn't, you know, come out with it. He, they, I, I feel like they hate Impact. I don't know what it is. You can't Again, even have it. it's the annoying, there. it's the annoying stepbrother that you have to bring with you everywhere. But I feel like he's not even annoying. He's, he's just kind of 
depressed and you're not doing anything to help them. <laughs> and you're not doing anything to help them. Please, can I bring him on the spotlight? Come on, man. I hope it's one to help a little you. bit. But a little bit. I think it's leading to Moxley Omega 3. How can how can you up how well I guess you could because of the ending. How can you up the exploding barbed wire death match? <laughs> a hell in a cell match? You're not doing a hell in a cell match. An exploding cause... hell in a cell match. They can't do that. Yes, they can. If we're gonna get the sparklers again, JP. But the cell will explode. No. This is no. Here's the thing, right? I I just don't, I don't know where this leads to. Again, if we get a third one, I mean, fine. I mean, they should they should have a great match. I mean, despite the ending, I thought the exploding barbar death match was was great. Um, I, I guess we'll see a third saying. one. I see what you're saying. No, you can't really go any further than throwing somebody into exploding barbed wire. Yeah, so I, I think thought, we're yeah. gonna get Omega versus Kingston, which I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. Yeah, mind. don't mind that at all. Yeah. But <laughs> so Impact has this thing called Option C, where the X Division champion can turn in his title for a title shot for the Impact for a chance at the Impact title, kind of like Money in the Bank, but with a title. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. What if Kenny wins and knock out, knock down, drag out Slugfest with Kingston? And Josh Alexander from Impact runs out there, cashes in his uh, option C, pins Kenny Omega. He is now the Impact champion, takes it back to Impact, takes the X Division title back to Impact. Everybody can go home happy. Wait, so it's like money in the bank. You could just say, okay, I'm when he's beat up, you could be like, okay, I'm cashing in it now. You can do that. I wouldn't mind that. But just do it on AEW, please. I just want Impact to have some sort of recognition, please. It'll only be for like two. It'll only be for three seconds. They just they don't. They're gonna run them out there, give them the thing. One, two, three. Grab the thing, run away. No, it'll, it'll be after the episode airs. The, the show will end. I was like, oh, by the way, they're gonna do it on AEW ends. Dark. Oh my god, that would just just AEW, please, just help them, please. Um, you make it sound like they're UNICEF children. They are using Impact <laughs> for their own gains. It's kind of again, if WWE was in this situation, they'd be they they'd be harassed. AW marks, oh, this is brilliant. This is we're getting them views. We're getting them views. It doesn't matter. They're looking weak as f. Okay, and they, they're they're being manhandled. They're promoting their show on Impact. They're not doing the same thing. I don't know. I gotta get off my. I gotta get off the rant tangent here, but just can't, just let's help him out again. I I feel like this whole working relationship between the two it's been cool to see, but I feel like again it's been heavy in the scale of one promotion. And hopefully we we see different stuff. Um, we move on. Uh, Chris Statlander taking on Penelope Ford here. Um, not not, not a bad match whatsoever here. It's, it's fine. Um. We do see Chris Statlander get the uh, the pinfall here and, and actually uh, beat Penelope Ford. Um, and afterwards, we see Kip Sabian 
kind of go to Miro. And again, I, I'm going to need your explanation here because I, I he was apologizing to Miro for something. And Miro said, and Miro just beat the crap out of him and said, ah, you're forgiven. I don't know what the hell's going on. Do, do you know what, what is he forgiven for? Well, I'm guessing because he's the best man. He wants him to be his like friend, you know, but he doesn't appreciate being toyed around with. So he beat him up into a pulp but said like, yeah, I forgive you and we can still be cool. I don't know. I'm just along for the ride when it comes to this. I'm glad Miro's actually showing aggression. Yeah, I, I get, I, yeah, I just, I guess these guys are going to split up, which I, I don't mind. And I know Miro last week was saying that, you know, he's after the champions. He's after, you know, uh, Kenny or he, or he's after uh, uh, Darby Allen. I think he's going to be the one maybe to take the TNT title off of Darby. Um, so and I think, again, Miro should be used as a, as a pretty big talent and he's been just kind of whatever. So I think that he'll be the one. Do you disagree? Do you, th- you see someone else in mind? I still think it's Ethan Page. Yeah, it's not bad. Even though I feel like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky made their, uh, they're like a tag team now. So I don't know. But even though I, well, I mean, we'll talk about the ending, you know, uh, and what, what that leads to, but that's not a bad guess either. Um, we get the Nightmare family. We get Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and Lee Johnson taking on the factory. <laughs> the factory, which the, is the funniest part. All right, you can go ahead, but I'm going to say the funniest part of this whole segment after you uh, introduce the. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I really hope it's the same thing I'm thinking when it comes to the end, but we'll talk in a bit. Uh, it's the factory, which is QT Marshall's new thing with uh, Nick Camarudo, Aaron Solo, Anthony Agogo, who wasn't in this trios match, but he's with them. Um, eh, it's a match. Uh, the factory defeats the Nightmare family. Um, we see the Gun Club kind of make uh, the save as QT uh, Mar- Marshall was retreating to uh, to the bus after he kind of, you know, the match sort of ended. Um, but really, it, it was uh, Anthony Go kind of delivered that gut shot, which allowed Marshall to score the victory. Um, so we see QT Marshall going to the the nightmare to the Nightmare Family bus, the Nightmare Factory bus, and clearly. I don't know if this is what you were talking about. I, I remember he was going to the bus, and you could clearly see that Cody's in it, and he's waiting for the queue to get out. And he opens he opens the door, and Cody's beating him up, whatever. They get on top and on top of the bus, and um, Cody's doing the figure four leg lock on QT Marshall on the bus. He's, like, tapping out, so... Uh, which sets up that we're going to see Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall this upcoming Wednesday in Blood and Guts. JP, thoughts on the match, thoughts on this whole segment, and what was that thing you were going to say? So, the match was a match. You're going to have to do a lot more to make me care about QT Marshall. Yeah. I I do not care. I care more about the people behind him than the pe- than him himself. Yeah. Again, I don't want to see Billy Gunn in matches in 2021. Sorry. Lee Johnson looked cool, though. He had a great little babyface comeback. Um... Sure, we can do Cody versus QT Marshall again. It's going to be a match. I guess I'm a little excited for it. I guess. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to say was, how are you going to break away to your own faction but still use the company bus? 
You're still using the company bus, getting company benefits. You don't work for the company. Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat it too, dog. You right, you showing up on the nightmare factory bus. You probably still get and then so what was funny was QT Marshall posted a photo of a Lamborghini outside. And Cody Rhodes comes back and quote tweets and is like, little did he know his best friend still pays the car loans on that. And I'm like, oh my God, QT, tap out, bro. You can't keep doing this. You already getting fried for wearing bowler shirts on national television. You can't keep doing this. I have a question. Does anybody really care about QT Marshall? Because I don't. Um, I, again, I, I really hope that doesn't sound very mean, right? But like, like he's on. just not interesting, you know? We're going to go um, look for a QT Marshall fan club on Twitter. I think we said this last. I think I said last week that, that there can't be a thing. If it is, it's a parody. It has to be. But like again, I mean, I'm not really that excited for the match. I'm hoping it's good and it exceeds my expectations. But like, I don't know. I I really I really don't care about this whole feud between you know against the Nightmare Family and the the fact the Nightmare Factory and the Factory. I really don't care. So, as you look for that, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll move on. Um, to the main event, which is for the TNC title. We're, we're going to keep seeing Darby Allen do this kind of open challenge thing, which I've been really, really enjoying watching. This time he takes on 10, and 10 was kind of talking about how he really wants to win this match for Brody and, and stuff like that. Um, and these two have a, a pretty solid match. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Darby Allen TNC title match. It was a good match nonetheless. Obviously, once again, we see um, we see Darby Allen win with a with one of those pinning predicaments that he always kind of wins in, um, so and according to the stats, it's his ninth successful title defense for Darby Allen when it comes to the TNT title, um, and you know so again he applied the full Nelson and then uh, ten did and then he you know uh, Allen turned it over. Uh, hurt lock. Distraction. What happened? The hurt lock on AEW copyright infringement. The hurt lock. That's that, that's true. Full Nelson, yeah. Um, and then with the referee distracted as well, well, excuse me, after the match, we see, uh, cause during the match, we saw actually Ethan Page come out of nowhere and, and try to slam, uh, Darby Allen, um, and stuff like that. But after the match, um, we see a kind of a, sh- a show of respect for 10 and Darby Allen. Um, but then, and then Darby Allen takes like the armband off of, off of 10 and he, and he puts, he puts it up for the camera to see and everybody to see it's a Brody Lee one. Um, and then when the Dark Order leave, pay, Scorp, you know, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, they attack Darby Allen and Sting. Um, Scorpio Sky applies a heel hook on the on on, on Sting actually with while well, Page um, forced Allen to watch. And then we see Lance Archer come out and, and Tank come back at the ring to chase him away, and that's the end of the show. Uh, JP, thoughts on this match? Um, and thoughts on any future opponents? Maybe you want to see um, Darby Allen face. I love Darby Allen and this TNT title thing they're doing the main event. Like I said last week, it's making it a big deal. And that's something that Raw isn't doing. It's making the intermediate title feel like a big deal. It's making Darby Allen a big deal. It's making 10. It's making all the challengers look like big deals. 10, I'm now convinced that 10 could have a valid TNT title run. I want to see it. I can't wait for it. Um, in terms of future challengers... I can see Miro, um, maybe Orange Cassidy. 
Um, let me see. Uh, where's the AEW like rankings? Oh, uh, who I for, I, I forgot who's one. I get I kind of repeat what I'm saying. I think Miro, you know, sh- sh- should I think be the eventual person to defeat Darby Allen for the title. Um, when it comes to other people, I, I think again, like you said, Orange Cassidy, that would be a fun match. Um, maybe maybe run it back with Jungle Boy. I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot you can do there. So if you do find the rankings, definitely let me know. Speaking of uh, rankings, real quick, so once again we saw another thing with with Britt Baker. Uh, once again, so we're gonna see her face Sheeta. So, but what, what were you saying? Um, I don't think this is updated, but uh, let me see if they have any aid. Uh, updated AEW rankings. Um, Which, by the way, I still hate the rankings. I don't care what people say with the rankings. I like, like it bullshit, if you. But... I like it if they actually use it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, um let's see. Yeah, it looks like um. This is as of April twenty eighth. So, Hangman Page was number one contender. But he just lost to Brian Cage. Orange Cassidy. That'd be fun. John Moxley, five and one. Pac is four and one. Okay. Or four and oh. And then ten. Interesting. Okay. I mean, again, they could probably, you know, I mean, it is kind of like an open challenge thing, so anybody could really, you know, do it. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I think that, you know, even though it's his ninth time defending the title for Darby Allen, I think there's a lot of competitors that he can do against. So, but that's AEW. Again, this Wednesday, we're going to see Britt Baker in action. They really haven't said who she's going to face. We're going to see uh, Cody Rhodes against um, against QT Marshall. We're going to see Omega and Nakazawa versus Moxley and Kingston. We're going to see a, I, oh, it's a fatal four-way, I think, tag match. With the acclaimed uh, Jurassic Express, um, SCU, and now I'm forgetting the fourth team. But uh, let me check. I'm going back through and AW's Twitter, seeing if they they probably they probably have it there. Promoted sure. it. Uh, uh, and obviously the, the ending, blood and guts match, right? Which which will most definitely be the main event there. Um, but I'm trying to remember that fourth team, and now it's not coming to my head now. Um, there, whatever it is, um, I I don't think it's gonna be. They didn't say if it's like a number one contendership sort of thing for for the young bucks or anything. Oh, varsity blondes, that might have been the fourth team. Griff Maybe. Garrison. Who who who's that? Who the fuck is Shout, Griff Garrison? Shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. Um, and Brian Pillman Jr. Which, by the way, I mean the first episode of Dark Side of the Ring, the new season will be about Brian Pillman, so that should be a lot of fun. Isn't that um, the six? May six. May 6th. So that's, I mean, that's soon. That's a couple of days. Okay. And I think, I think part it. one is actually on YouTube. Go ahead. So the triple, the fatal four way is SCU, Jurassic Express, Varsity Blonde, and The Acclaimed. There you go. I got a feeling SCU wins because they do have a tag title match soon. And te- I mean, technically, if they lose, then they're not together anymore. So yeah. So I guess they have to win. Watch. Jungle Boy is going to get the pin. Probably. Jey Uso Probably. Award. James with a W Jungle Boy. And then um, you got Cody versus QT Marshall. Right. I'm guessing that's just gonna be a regular match. Um yes. Kenny and Nakazawa against Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Britt Baker will be in action. Yeah. 
in the Blood and Guts match. So, you know, that, that'll take up some time. So that's going to be this upcoming Wednesday. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the, the Blood and Guts match, obviously, for sure. It should be fun. It's it's honestly going to be uh, only the worst case scenario is the promos are better than the match itself. Yeah. I just don't see how they can mess this up. Again, like you're right, the, the promos have been legendary, especially this past Wednesday. So I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll see. Um, and hopefully it's a little different than maybe War Games. I don't know. If, I mean, I think it might be a little bit different. We'll see how they kind of go with that and how they set it up in Daily's place. It should be it should be a lot of fun. We go over to SmackDown to end off the show here. And the way it starts off, we get Bianca Belair coming to the ring. And I'm actually interested to hear what you think about this opening. Uh, Bianca Belair comes to the ring. She thought about being SmackDown Women's Champion. She's going to be facing, obviously, uh, uh, Bailey at WrestleMania Backlash. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode uh, interrupt as she was introducing the Street Profits. Excuse me. And then as they're talking, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, they interrupt. And as they're talking, Bailey interrupts, interrupts them. She takes the mic from Bianca Belair's hands and just laughs maniacally into the mic. And then they start to fight. And then the tag team start to fight. We get to commercial. We come back. They're in a, they're in a intergender six person tag team match. Um, not a bad match whatsoever. Actually, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, but then at the end, we see Belair deliver the KOD to Bailey and then Ford, uh, finish Rudolph with that springboard frog splash for the win. Uh, the, so the faces come out on top. I JP thoughts on the opening thoughts on the match. I thought the match was cool. Um, Montez Ford, whenever he hits that frog splash, oh yeah, like he now he springboards into it, and it's just like, dude, he gets so high up in the air. Um, getting the way they got into this was real wonky though. I didn't like that Bailey just kind of just laughed. And then no words, no promo, just vibes. Just vibes. So it's just, I didn't like that. But outside of that, I thought it was fine. It was what WWE does all the time. So I guess it worked. Yeah, I'm with you. Because I wanted to ask you, because on Bleach Report recap, they gave it an F. So I was thinking, it wasn't really an F, though. I mean, listen, last week, the week prior, before the SmackDown that we're, that we're talking about now, we had um, Bailey kind of act all kind of innocent towards Bianca Belair, and then she came back and then started laughing. And it just kind of, I guess, reminding Bianca Belair what happened the past week, I guess, getting under her skin. Yeah, sure, I guess it works. Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I wouldn't say I'd give it an F. Wasn't wasn't the the best way, probably, to get into the match. And the match was fine. So, whatever. Um then we get a non-title match, Natalia and Tamina taking on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, and the, the, the faces actually end up winning this match. Uh, Tamina gets in the match. She headbutts Baszler off the mat. does the Superfly Splash for the win, and she pins Shayna Baszler. I hate that. I, I really do hate that. Um, I don't hate that they won, even though I, I find it hilarious that, like, you know, Naomi and Lana lost. Technically, in that trios match, Natalia and Tamina win, but but Naomi and Lana are getting the first crack of the t- tag titles before Natalia and Tamina do. Yeah, and speaking of which, I mean Natalia and Tamina will probably be the ones to take the. You know, I just kind of convinced myself earlier that maybe Naomi and Lana will win it, but maybe not. Natalia and Tamina probably should win it. I don't know. Um, but they win. I mean, yeah, 
And then it says here, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Yeah, I was going to say this. Yeah, they, <laughs> these four have wrestled in some form or fashion six times this month. And I, and I guess at the time, it was in April. So, that's a lot. JP, thoughts on that? This is lazy, man. It's lazy. It's like they can't keep up with, okay, who has the next title shot? Who has the higher? This is where a ranking system would really come into play. This is where I think a ranking system should come in. It helps you stay organized. Because, again, Tamina's cool. But, like, if you're going to say Lana and Naomi have a tag title match, don't have the champions lose go into it. Going into it. It just looks real bad, looks real weird. So I just think this is lazy writing again for the women's tag division. Yeah, it seems to be a constant theme. You know, I, and I feel like when people talk about SmackDown, they say this is the raw part of the show, which I, I find kind of funny because it kind of is. Um, yeah, let's say better, but better. We move on. We'll see what happens. Um, we see another segment from Alistair Black about telling this the story the tales from the dark father i think is what it's called um and it seems like that this dark father figure took him in it seems like what he's kind of alluding to uh a brief segment i'm in listen let's get alistair black in the ring already i want to see him perform i don't know what this is going to lead to i don't know if they're going to bring in a, a, another wrestler to be this dark father or something um uh, oh jp has an idea in his head jp First of all, what do you think of the segment? Second of all, what's your prediction? I love it. Love Aleister Black. I love what he's doing with the Dark Father. Now, putting on my tinfoil hat, what if it's Fiend? The Dark Father sure sounds like the Fiend. I like that. I don't know if it is true. It's but, probably not true, but like, dog, yeah. that'd be a good way to tie everything in. Because the way that the character during this and why I love the segment so much is like they have like this animated sort of thing with him doing the book and stuff. And I think it looks really cool. It doesn't really look like The Fiend. I mean, they could just change it on the fly. I don't know. Um, again, who knows if they'll introduce this Dark Father figure. Maybe he is the Dark Father. It was him all along sort of thing. Um, I, 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 which I, I really wouldn't mind either. I ultimately think that's him because the Dark Father, Aleister Black, Sounds like a pretty dope name. It is. It's a it's a very dope nickname. So either way, I mean, if it is a fiend, that'd be kind of interesting. I, I really wouldn't expect that. Um, I'm not sure it's, if they would bring in anybody or he's maybe talking about someone that could come in that's younger. I don't know. Um, whatever it is, I I'm 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 intrigued again. Okay, so putting back on the tinfoil hat. Okay, carrying cross. Oh my God, um, I, that's I guess. way out there. But also, it's Lily. See, I was excited, and then you made me not excited. It's Lily. Why do you say it's Lily? Because it only let's, makes let's say sense. her name, bro. Which, by the way, I hate to bring back Raw, but one of the things that she, Alexa Bliss said is that if you want a Lily of your own, you got to say it three times. Oh, Amen. nah, nah, nope, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. <laughs> I was like, fuck that. Um, but again, this is one of the things about SmackDown that I that I really do enjoy is that 
they they're getting me excited to watch it every week. Again, I want to know what's going to happen with Alistair Black. You know, um, I want to see where this goes. So, whatever it is, should be interesting. Um, so we move on. Intercontinental Championship match: Biggie Apollo Cruz. I've been saying this every time we get this match. Uh, this match with these two. These two could put on a banger match. They could put on a really good match. Every single match, however, has ended in a very, very weird way, whether it be a botch, a sort of weird finish, um, a brief match like we had at WrestleMania. Um, this one, for the most part, was really damn good, in my opinion. I thought that this was great. Uh, and then we get to the ring. Uh, and then we get to the match, the, end, the ending of the match. Um, Big E delivers a big ending at the end. And then Aziz, Commander Aziz, you know, Dabakato, whatever, pulls him out of the ring, sends him into the ring post. It's a DQ finish. God damn it. You know, I was gonna I thought we were gonna get a little in here. But whatever. And then afterwards we see Kevin Owens hit the ring, you know, because he got hit with that Nigerian nail last week. He beats him up, and then who comes out? It's Sami Zayn, delivers a hell of a kick, and then the as the villains lay, you know, they laid him out. Uh, we see Zane kind of hold the intercontinental title and Cruz and, 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 you know, Cruz and Aziz are like, give, give us back the title, whatever. He's like, give him back, whatever, whatever. And then Aziz hits him with a Nigerian nail, whatever. So JB, what'd you think of this? And let me ask you a question at, at WrestleMania backlash, uh, fatal four-way match for the intercontinental title match. Yay or nay to that. This is such a WWE segment. Like, and that's not a bad thing, but this is so WWE where you have two wrestlers going at the great match, get DQ'd. Wrestler A comes out to help wrestler B, who got beat up by wrestler C. Wrestler D comes out to beat up wrestler A, who he's been beefing with. Then wrestler A ends up beefing with wrestler D because they want their title. It's just a WWE segment. Um... Honestly, I think a fatal four-way is the best option because it protects people who they want. Like, you can pin Sami Zayn. I'm sorry, but Sami Zayn's probably getting pinned here. I think Kevin Owens is too big of a star. I think Big E is due for the money in the bank. And I don't think Apollo Crews loses this early. So, sorry, Sami. Yeah. I, again, I and I think that Fatal Four match could be awesome. To be honest with you, I think that could be maybe a show stealer along with Belair and Bailey, maybe. Um, but we'll see. We move on to the main event here. Uh, for the Universal Title match, Daniel Bryan his last chance against Roman Reigns. Now, last week we talked about it. Roman Reigns wanted to challenge Daniel Bryan. However, if Daniel Bryan loses, he is banished from SmackDown. So, uh, these two have a match. It was about 33 minutes. I would say they got more than a half an hour here. Um, I think I think I'm going to echo this, maybe the same thoughts that JP says. I thought that this was phenomenal. I thought this was great. Probably one of the best matches of the year, easily for me. Is was it better it than better? that fast lane one? Well, that's what I was about to ask. Is it better than their fast lane match? I wouldn't say it's better than the WrestleMania match. I love that WrestleMania match. Is it better than their match at fast lane? I thought the ending was better because you know, I, I, I've been saying I just think that this two still chair shots to the back and pinning one, two, three is stupid for me personally. I definitely think I enjoyed this one more just because of the stakes. 
you know, because when we talk about, you know, is it, I mean, it could be the best TV match of the year. I don't, I don't think that's very much to say when it comes to WWE. Um, I definitely think the stakes were higher. And plus, it was just a phenomenal match. So I wouldn't mind if you said, because I, I would say that 99% of the fast lane match was incredible. Um, and I, I, I thought that this was great. So we'll, we'll talk about the ending here and we'll get our other thoughts about this. Um, at the end, we see, you know, again, I, I really didn't think that Daniel Bryan was going to win this. And it really cemented when Roman Reigns debuted his new theme song, his new theme music. And JP, let me get your brief thoughts on this. I, I, I when it, when it kicked in, I was like, oh boy, this is the tribal chief. That's his music. What do you think? It sounds like final boss music. It's perfect. Like, I don't think I could love it anymore. It, it fits. The match, superb. Um, what do you expect from these two guys? You, did you expect a bad match? If you did, then you're an idiot. This match was amazing. Um, it had the high stakes, the intensity. Daniel Bryan was wrestling his butt off. But Roman won clean. Like, there was no interference. He pinned them clean. And I think that's the best way for it to go. Cesaro coming out to make the save makes sense. And we're getting probably going to get Cesaro versus Roman at Backlash, which sweet mother of God, that is going to slap. So I can't wait. I've been loving all of this that they're doing with Roman. He can't miss. Literally can't miss. Every, again, every title match he's been in, it's been a banger. I get. I mentioned that he had one against Braun Strowman on the season premiere SmackDown. That wasn't even that bad either. Um, again, I thought this match was great, and then the the theme song was fantastic. Again, it, it sounds like that is music for the Tribal Chief. It sounds like you said Final Bossy. Sounds very royal as well. But it also, it's also one that I could definitely. It has that replayability, in my opinion. I, I've been trying to. Um, Spotify, get on it. First of all, WB, please get on it. Uh, it's something that I definitely want to listen to more and more. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for that future stuff at the end again. Again, like you said, clean. No Jay Uso. We've been seeing Jay Uso get into these matches a lot. And I've seen some people say, oh, he can't win a match without Jay Uso. Well, he did. Now, he beat Daniel Bryan pretty clean. He knocked him out with the guillotine. But there's a lot of times where maybe I thought Daniel Bryan maybe was going to pull this out. When the theme song kicked in, honestly, I didn't think Daniel Bryan was going to win at all. You're debuting a new theme song. You're you're done, um, but it, again, there's a lot of times where again the, they made Daniel Bryan look very like again like you can't put this guy away pretty easily. When he when the spear when he hit the spear, I thought it was over. He kicked out. I'm like, okay, they're they're really doing this guy very much justice. They they knock him out with the guillotine, and then obviously a- afterwards, um, he's setting up a concerto again. Like you said, Cesaro comes in, he he stops it, he gets a little flurry off. He does the concerto on Daniel Bryan. What a way to snog Daniel Bryan. You have a concerto, that's it. Uh, and again, like you said, just to briefly talk about uh, Cesaro and Reigns, if we do get that at Backlash, it's going to slap. It's going to be one of the best matches of the year, I hope, I hope, hopefully. Uh, hope, Daniel Bryan, say- hope Daniel Bryan has fun on Raw. Those matches with Drew McIntyre should be pretty fun. I'll tell you what, you were talking earlier when we were talking about Raw that they need single stars. I, I think, you know, Daniel Bryan will maybe fit in there pretty but easily. Also, here we go. You're going to say NXT now? I have seen Pete Dunne tweeting at Dale Bryan for the past two years. If they don't do this match, 
I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. They should he should have a pit stop at NXT before going to Raw to get face beat done. And Johnny Gargano. Okay, now you, now you want him to face everybody now. And now Adam Cole. And Kyle O'Reilly. And win and the NXT title. And win the NXT tag team title. I didn't, I didn't say all and that. When... You said that. You said that. <laughs> and um, face Kushida. And face Walter. You're making... Oh, my God. He's bringing um, up a list. He's bringing up a list right now. Swerve Scott. Love to see it. Um, let's see who else we got. Uh, <laughs> did I say Carrie and Cross already? Yeah, you did. Um, huh? Did you? Well, if I didn't, Carrie and Cross, Tommaso Ciampa, Tim Thatcher. I need that. I need it immediately. I need it. I need it too. Exactly. But exactly, I need it too. But I'll go to Raw. And uh, I, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I, I hope he, he does good there. Again, so let me let me say this real quick. Um, he was moved to the alumni section of WWE.com. Hey, they put him in a casket. But I read this <laughs> when I saw that headline. I was like, oh my god, is he like done? No, they they do this with storylines when this happens. So it's probably nothing. They did this recently with Roderick Strong when he said he's done for NXT. He's not done. Um, bro, when I read that though, I was like, "Oh, casket, okay. bro!" Yeah, they already moved on. Now nah, he's he's probably gonna he's still gonna be in WWE. Maybe it's, it's, we'll, we'll see a little bit of a hiatus. Maybe a little bit. Um, we'll see. But I think on Raw he can do he can do a lot of stuff in Raw, in my opinion. What if he's a man? um? Could be. I I don't know. Could be. Um, and come on, man, we need to see him in the ring. Face Drew McIntyre. Face Bobby Lashley. I want to see that. Yes. Finn Balor. That's who I was forgetting. Oh, oh, I want to see that. But no, don't worry. Finn Balor will get to the main roster. We'll see it. And then he'll be feuding with Braun Strowman again. Stop. Why, why do you have to ruin it? Why, why do you have to ruin it? Daniel Bryan going to be feuding with him too. Everybody <sighs> goes through Braun Strowman. Everybody has a Braun Strowman rivalry once in their WWE careers. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's Mac. Don't I mean? I mean, once again, the match was fantastic. Okay, and and it sets up fantastic stuff. So it lived up to the hype. Um, and that's this week of wrestling again. The Monday Raw starting at this moment, you know, just over an hour. So should be an interesting show. Hopefully, it's good. Maybe I'm asking for too much. I'm hoping we see some Alexa Playground stuff. Maybe. Um, no Lily though. You can you can keep Lily. Yeah, I, 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 I literally the per, whoever made that doll, I, I feel like you should get a raise, but also like stop at the same time. You it should get stopped. a raise, but you're gonna be sent on the first bus to hell. Yeah, because that that doll is just wow. And whoever photoshopped those that that doll into young Alexa Bliss pictures, you need to go to hell too as well. So <laughs> it, it's just it's just so disturbing. Um. Again, more I more RK Bro stuff. Please do good with this. I love it. Um, are you uh, any any excitement for Raw? RK Bro stuff, yeah. Um, excited to see what Lily and uh, Bray Wyatt might have to pull out of their sleeves. I feel like we're gonna see Bray Wyatt or the Firefly Funhouse today. 
<laughs> Any new tag champs or no? We're, we're going to see both. I think retain. they're going to retain. I'm excited for that match. New Day, HSLs, and Omos. I mean, yeah, should it, it should be fun. Hopefully. I don't yeah. know. Hopefully we don't see Nia Jax slip again. We probably will. I think we're going to see her slip again in this match. If, uh, if Jackson Riker and Elias interfere in that uh, tag title match, I'm turning off the TV. That's probably going to happen. I'm JP. letting it be known right now. That's the, well, if you want to see if JP does that, go follow him at Acosta32 underscore JP. And also, I'll, you'll see it being retweeted on at Yale underscore Cell. And also be retweeted at my Twitter account at Zach Weinberger, Zach with an H, W E I N B E R G E R. Uh, I also write for the University Press. Uh, we're getting into the summer and also fall semester. I'll probably be writing a little bit more for them, kind of getting back in the saddle there. Um, so, right, right for University Press, upressonline.com, at upressonline on Twitter. Starting to freelance for the Jewish Ford. You can find yourself there when, when, when stuff gets off the ground there. Um, and also do a, a podcast with, with Jacob Bryant at the nerd pod too. We talk about nerd stuff, Marvel, DC, star Wars, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I got to catch up on invincible man. I've been hearing a lot of crazy stuff from it. So you have, have you seen all of it already, bro? It is fantastic. I got, I got, I got to watch it, man. I've been hearing some great things. Uh, shout out to Jason Hewitt. Who's a huge fan of that. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting something, but JP, like I said, at a cost of 3,200 score JP, some, I mean, the draft was this past week. You were working hard there. What do you think, man? I was up until like 2 a.m. on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, writing stories, writing articles. I just had one go out. I think I'm pretty smart with this football stuff, so you should go read it. Um, I also do Pancake Podcast, publication. We talk about offensive linemen, talk about the NFL in general. It's pretty fun. I get to be smart and laugh about football on there too. I also am the business manager for the University Press. You know, with you saying like you're starting to ramp up what you do there is going into summer and the fall. I'm going to be starting kind of to take a little more off my plate going into the summer and the fall because I graduate in the summer. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting summer uh, at the UP, but I'm excited to see where it goes. You should still follow me on Twitter. I think I'm pretty cool. I post memes. I talk about football and anime. I talk about Invincible and other shows and stuff like that. So I think I'm pretty cool. You should you should give me a follow. Man, but I like the draft. You want to see me just kind of gush about the Snyder Cut for the hundredth time in that same day? You follow me on Twitter, man. Uh, so and Invincible as well. So again, all nerd stuff, like I've been saying before. Um, I feel like, okay. I feel, I think I know, check out my UP article. I covered a few baseball this past weekend. Check it out. Um, that's, that's going to do it for us again. Keep, keep on looking for future episodes. Semester's over all, all that weight off my chest on the shoulders. Um, should, should be a good one. We'll have a lot of content for you guys. So that's going to do for us. Have a good day.